no. What's what up, it? everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 20. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Greg, do I want to know? <laughs> I just, I don't have a good answer for you. You know what I mean? I think it's the fact that uh, today in the kind of funny scheduling department, right? Like I had a bunch of important business calls in the beginning of the day. Then we just did a, a quick let's play with Funhouse or whatever for the upcoming kind of funny, kind of Funhouse week. And so I haven't really been on shows. And so you know how it gets. I get it all built up. And oh, so yeah. I'm just ready to fucking go. And I warned you. Did Lucy James deliver my message of oh, warning to you? Lucy James definitely delivered that message. I was playing Overwatch mm-hmm. earlier today. Uh, and it's me. It's Lucy James. It's uh, Tamor. And it's uh, Simon Cardi of IGN. Sure. And as we're playing, I forget what prompted it. Actually, no. I think I do know what prompted it. Something about, like, it was like a mother-daughter relationship thing. Like, that was referenced, I think, with, like, I, for- I forget the exact thing. But that then prompted Lucy to message your guys' family Slack. Because yeah. you guys, of course, are all a family over there in, yeah, in the Jerry household. Lucy. Yeah. Which then prompted you guys, well, it prompted you mm-hmm. to say, I forget exactly what the, what the wording was. But well, I was on fire, all right? So I was on fire. So yeah. Lucy hit us up and let us know because we were talking about something else. And then Lucy was also like, oh, by the way, uh, Cardi says your leftovers look amazing because mainly it was her and Jen talking, right? And Jen goes, ah. And then Lucy says, and Tam says they're inspirational. And then Jen goes, thank you, everybody. And then I said, tell Cardi that his predator review is an embarrassment. They asked if they should keep doing IGN when I was leaving. And I said, yes. And it turns out it was a mistake to say that. Tell Tammy's cool. Then Lucy said, anything to blessing. And I said, he better strap in for the best PS I love you yet. I'm going to rock. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to rock him eyes to asshole. Oh, no, I don't think you <laughs> That's can what it say was. that. That's I don't think you can say that, Greg. And she, she read that out loud while we were playing Overwatch. And everybody was like, is there an HR department? And it's kind of funny. And I was yeah, like, Kevin. I, I think it's Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, am I approved as, as boss to talk to him? I'm his co-host in this scenario. You know what I mean? Just, but I approve I, it, though. I, like, have, I, I have I have, quite a quite a bit of paperwork that I need to bring over to you. That's, that's unacceptable. <laughs> like, in is, every, like in any way. From my, ear, to, from my eyes. My asshole is that the phrasing? Yeah, my that's eyes, right. my I, that's, so I yeah. made it up. I think I don't know if I've ever heard someone say they're gonna get if, they're gonna rock somebody eyes to asshole because I don't mean I it in a sexual sense. I just mean I'm so fucking powerful today. You know what I mean? Oh wow! All right, I'm like, potent today. If I can get rocked from my eyes, my asshole by the end of this episode, it's a success. I think it's already started. That's the goal. You know what I mean? It's going on right now. Uh, let's start with the most important thing you'll hear. It's your weekly mac and cheese update. Of course, oh. two episodes ago, uh, Bless said. Hey, Greg, what PlayStation executive do you think makes the best mac and cheese? Which started a fierce debate that we recapped uh, last week where Adam Boys, Geo Corsi, Corey Barlog, Sid Schumann, all, Tim Turry, all these people were chiming in wanting to get into an actual mac and cheese uh, competition for the best, uh, the title of best PlayStation executive, past or present, who makes the best mac and cheese. And so the question, though, became from that first episode was, how would Herman Holst uh, uh, fare in this? You know what I mean? What What would Herman, of course, president now of PlayStation Studios, Worldwide Studios, what would he know about mac and cheese being from Amsterdam? And so on the first episode, we asked him, do you have mac and cheese in Amsterdam? And he didn't respond. And then the next episode, we asked him, do you have mac and cheese in Amsterdam? And now, as we recap last episode, he hasn't been tweeting a lot lately. So it was one of those things like maybe he's just missing them. There's a lot of things going on. He's busy. I understand. But then we did notice he had been tweeting. So then I had the bright idea. I had the the bright idea here, bless, of I'll get into a conversation he's having, hijack it into the mac and cheese conversation. We're in like Flynn because Herman tweets. 
excited to introduce hashtag PlayStation Studios. We'll continue to tell stories, build new worlds, and create memorable characters. Now, of course, I'm sure you're PlayStation fans. You already know about this, but PlayStation Studios, now the umbrella for first party. We're going to talk about it later on. We're going to talk about it really in the second story, I think, is what it ever is. But like the first story is actually all about it as well. So it's just, you know, PlayStation. We'll PS, I love you. That's how we do it here. However, so he says, excited to introduce PlayStation Studios. We'll continue to tell stories, build new worlds, and create memorable characters. To which I respond, congrats, parentheses, is mac and cheese a thing in Amsterdam? <laughs> to which Herman responds, man, no, but I'll make you some when you visit to go with your wings. So there you go. We're done. We're in like well, Flint. So mac and cheese isn't a thing in, in Amsterdam. It's officially not a thing in Amsterdam. But he not will make thing, some. But he will make it. So then now it's an interesting wrinkle to this whole conversation. What the fuck does Herman think he knows about mac and cheese? You yeah, what, I mean? what does that mac and cheese look like? Like, well, he's, 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 Yeah, he's, and I, you know, because this is the thing. We've had a lot of international European listeners out there shouting out that, well, no, you know, we have uh, uh, carbonara, we have cacio e pepe. Like, I understand oh, these yeah. dishes, no but they're not though. mac and cheese. That's not mac and cheese. And so the question is, yeah, like Herman admitting that man, no, and it's exclamation point. Is there mac? Is mac and cheese a thing in Amsterdam? Man, no, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Almost, and it's like he's like offended by the question. It's, it's some, it depends what, how you want to interpret it. You I mean, I mean, when you ask him for like the eighth time, yeah, could it be that you're a, asking him a bunch a, of time? Maybe he's responding to the harassment. Could it be that it's a, huge to a announcement? it's a huge announcement for PlayStation Studios and fucking moron <laughs> like, Greg Miller's the in there? Of the year. <laughs> then I'll make you some when you visit. To go with your chicken wings. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what he's got when we go out there to Amsterdam, probably in the year 2022, the way the pandemic's going. Wow. There's also a, a European uh, backyard update. I've been reached out uh, to by many a uh, European person, and sure. everybody everybody who is European who's, who listens to the show uh, hit me up in my DMs, told me actually. Everybody did. Everybody did. Wow. Greg, you would be shocked how many people were very passionate about this conversation. Sure. sure. Um, apparently, there's just no, no backyards in Europe. At all. Really? I thought this yeah, was going shocking. the other way. <laughs> no, shocking. Absolutely not a backyard, which is weird because when I first asked the question, I I, I, I asked it kind of jokingly because I, I, I just assumed everywhere it was a backyard, but not, yeah. no, not in Europe. No, not one backyard. Huh. Not wild. one. Wow. You, not you one. hate to see it. You hate to like, see it. But... it behind every house is another house, Greg. It's wild. In wow. Europe. Yes. Yeah, they talked about the courtyards. They're shared courtyards and stuff. Lucy. For a second, I thought that was Lucy. I just want to is clarify: it is it a Lucy? courtyard is, is not a backyard. No backyards in Europe. Like backyards are a thing in Europe. What? No, I have a backyard. She has a backyard. She says, "Don't show our addresses. No, no, don't be a goon here. No, you know what I mean." You better, yeah. Seems like the jury's still out. Maybe, maybe yeah. around London there's backyards, Wait, but it didn't sounds she like grow up on like now. a farm or something? Because well, I don't yeah, think that kinda. counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I don't think that counts. That doesn't count. No, Lucy, you've been disqualified because you grew up on a farm. Yeah, but Newcastle is kind of backwater. We said, right? Wait, she grew up in a castle? No, not no, not a literal castle. No, like, no it's in Newcastle, so it's just like small. It, the condominiums. Oh my god! Apparently, there is a castle in Newcastle. She's yelling at me. I didn't think she grew up there, though. You know what is I mean? Is that where they make the beer? Can you ask her if that's where they make the beer? I think it is. Yeah, that, that's really? where they make the beer, right? Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle Brown Ale. Yeah, Newcastle Brown Ale. Huh. Newcastle have a soccer team? I feel like I've chosen Newcastle in a FIFA game before. Does Newcastle have a soccer team? Yeah, then the, the yeah. Newcastle United. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, enough about that. 
let's instead talk about the weekend PlayStation. All right. There's a bunch to do. We have a whole bunch of stuff to go on. You know what this is. This is PSI Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation podcast. Each and every week, Blessing and myself jump into all things PlayStation, nerd out with you about it. Uh, we just hang out and talk PlayStation. And if you like that, you should head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can be part of the show. You can give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, all things under the Shuhei Sun. Then, of course, you can get the show ad free. You can get it with the post show we do each and every week. And you can get it early. Watch it right now as we're recording it live uh patreon.com slash kind of funny games great times golden hits good oldies you know what i mean uh however you want to get it later youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe each and every tuesday morning 9 a.m sometimes yes that runs into uh different things we didn't know were going to happen a lot of people saw the whole thing again is always blessing times a flat circle are you have you guys thought about moving the show seems like there's always an announcement on tuesday for playstation there's always an announcement every day. And luckily, we have a show called Kind of Funny Games Daily that covers it on the daily. And then we come here and we argue about mac and cheese. And then, what, 40 minutes into the show, we'll actually get something PlayStation related. <laughs> uh, let's thank our Patreon producers. Uh, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo. The Predator, Al Tribesman. Uh, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming. Cody Banks, Trent Berry. Julian, the gluten-free gamer. Joseph Youssef and Scott Radloff. Today, we're brought to you by our sponsor, ExpressVPN. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's start with this week's x's and o's greg we have two items today uh first item is sort of a bigger topic like we do week to week here uh second item i'm introducing a thing called playstation updates which is which are gonna be like the smaller updates and so we'll get there when we get there but for number one do playstation studios take enough risks greg this is a question that was spawned on a kfgd i believe it was actually this last friday where uh we were talking about ghost of tsushima we're talking about it being derivative, but how that's for us, that's okay, right? Like, right. we don't necessarily so, need it to reinvent the wheel. Obviously, in the time we've been gone, uh, the state of play happened for Ghost of Tsushima. A big old uh, update of what the game looks like. Here's how it plays. Here's the menus. Here's that beautiful HUD. We did a react for it. Of course, you can get on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, we had a long conversation about how hyped we were for it. And then the next morning, I do believe it was Nanobiologist wrote into Games Daily saying, Hey, I'm not as hyped for it, you know. This, you know, so many people seem to be just like, oh, it's more Assassin's Creed, which is fine, which then led Blessing to utter the phrase, wait, do PlayStation Studios, again, remember, first party is now under the umbrella of PlayStation Studios, which we can talk about here, I guess, as well, take enough risks, which we thought was such a great question. We brought it here to this episode. Yes. So to start off that conversation, right, uh, I guess we should talk about Ghost of Tsushima, which yeah. got the PlayStation State of Play, which was... Surprisingly, like it was announced, it was announced the same day that we posted PS Love UXOXO. And funny enough, like in that episode, we had that conversation. I can't remember yep. if it was a post show conversation or like a conversation during the actual show where we were talking about like Ghost of Tsushima and gameplay and how we hadn't gotten it yet. And, and I remember like, saying in that episode, right? If they're going to do something, they got to do it soon. And then, like, literally yeah. the next day. So let me be like, very clear if they're going to announce the PlayStation 5, they got to announce it soon. They got to announce when this reveal soon. event is. So if that happens yeah. tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome. It was because us. Yeah, literally on that, literally on last episode, I said, I like the exact phrase I said was like, if they're gonna do it, it's gotta be in like the next week or so. And then, yep. yeah, it happened. Um, a summary of what we got though from that Ghost of Tsushima focused state of play, right? Like, uh, I basically, I basically busted out bullet points because they did, they did the great thing. One, I should say this is a great state of play, um, mm -hmm. but they did a wonderful thing where, throughout the eighteen minutes of it, they had the they had subtitles essentially like displaying like what is happening in the demo right like kind of explaining to us like the different features of, of ghost of tsushima uh so as a summary of what we got 
right? The game is going to be curiosity driven, as they put it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of exploration and discovery going on, very akin to something like Breath of the Wild. Uh, use guiding wind to navigate the island. Uh, you can call a gust of wind at any point to use to your advantage. Um, so smokestack- imagine if you, if you missed it, of course. Imagine mm-hmm. rather than getting a giant arrow on the screen, right? You, this wind blows across the screen when you call for it, showing this is the direction you should be going for your objective, trying to really exactly. get you immersed in this beautiful world they're making. Uh, smokestacks indicate people in need of help. And these, of course, like side activities, right? Mm-hmm. As you would get in any other open open world game. Um, some birds will lead Jin, the main character, to points of interest, uh, such as hidden locations. Uh, you can explore abandoned buildings to collect rare, rare resources. Foxes will guide Jin to hidden shrines. Uh, you can take a samurai or ghost approach, which is a pretty cool thing, kind of akin to Infamous's like yep. good or good or bad kind of approach. But this is more so like a how am I going to approach this camp? So like ghost is more so like a ninja where you are kind of Batmany, uh, yeah. and then samurai it is like you're kind of the honorable like I'm going to approach approach my enemies have like one-on-one standoff, that, that sort of thing yeah fair what fights are you doing? what are you planning on i don't know yet like it, it it it's gonna depend on i'm sure i'm sure you're gonna be able to like feel it out toward the beginning of the game and like, sure, try yeah, out see what, what fits best off the bat i'm thinking ghost because yeah, i do like I, I do like that idea of being able to kind of be creative in my approach i want to know how tied to morality it is like you know what i mean is it going to lead to different choices different outcomes different conversations about it and then also like is ghost like frowned upon right and then but then also i guess like the story we're getting involved here right like do 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 these people deserve a fair fight that i'm going after mm-hmm. <laughs> are the, yeah. you know what i mean or is, or is it just like i'm here to fuck you guys up you've come in you've taken over you know my island or whatever yeah uh and then they also showed off the photo mode the black and white mode uh in the japanese voiceover in the game that you know they very much took pride in being a thing of like yeah this is a game that takes place in japan and we want to be very authentic to the things that have inspired us to make this game and so the black and white mode is, is made to uh kind of pay homage to japanese film that have come before it. films yeah and i'll tell you man yeah. that's the one th- i mean like obviously i've watched this demo uh two times now three times two through two and a half something like that and uh what I the thing I think that gets me the most stoked in terms of presentation, because I think this game is so based on presentation, which I know we're about to talk about is in fact, this black and white mode, you know what I mean? Like playing this yeah. game through a different lens and having that rain come in all the time, having it be like in your face, having it be dark. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of cool shit going on, but we're going to get into it. I'll stop. Yeah. So like, so people can go watch our reaction on youtube.com slash kind of funny games where we talk about uh, where we watch the trailer for the first time live react to it and it's me you andy tim and afterwards we talk about our, our impressions of it all that good stuff yeah um but like you know all this stuff sounds cool all this stuff oh, yeah like showed well all this stuff looked awesome um and i think overall like the impressions i got from us and the internet is, at large was fairly positive like people were feeling really good about it um which is really awesome there's an article i want to pull in to this conversation of it being derivative into the question that nanobiologists asked on KFGD. Um, it's a Forbes article titled, Ghost of Tsushima is basically basically Assassin's Creed Japan, which I found very interesting. Uh, this is Eric Kane at Forbes, who writes, it looks very much like the culmination of countless other open world games. All the various ideas distilled down and slightly reimagined and revised. In some ways, it's the Assassin's Creed Japan we've all been waiting for, which isn't a bad thing. Granted, it isn't exactly like Assassin's Creed, but the similar similarities are there. You're basically basically an assassin, at least when in ghost mode. You're fighting against the invading Mongol, Mongol horde, which can stand in for the Templar. 
It's open world with a major focus on exploring and finding shrines and other points of interest, and it's a period piece, rich with culture and history. Indeed, it feels quite it feels quite a bit less RPG focused and fantastical than recent Assassin's Creed games. It may be more Assassin's Creed than Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed is these days, and without irritating <laughs> and without the irritating forays into the pres into the present that kill immersion in those games. Greg, yeah, again, back to the original question. And I, I guess Ghost of Tsushima here is the jumping off point for it, but we of can course. expand this to the wider first-party slate. Does PlayStation Studios take enough risks? It's a great question. And I think especially coming off this ghost presentation, because, you know, for Eric's, uh, the four paragraphs we read here of Eric's story from Forbes here, I think you can go harder than he goes here, right? Where he's like, you're basically an assassin in ghost mode. I, you don't even need the ghost mode thing, right? Because as somebody who played so much Odyssey is playing Origins right now, and we'll talk about that a little when we get to what we're playing. Like, when I watched this demo, I think honestly one of the reasons I actually jumped into Origin, jumped back to Assassin's Creed to generalize uh, this week was coming off of the demo of Ghost because it is so, uh, I mean, just everything you're seeing moment to moment in terms of even the horseback riding, the looting the trees as you run by. Uh, I'm watching the demo as I talk here. Mm. They popped up a second ago, like showing you what rewards you would get. And some of it was materials. Like you're picking up linen right here. Like it honestly does seem very much like it is exactly in line with the open world RPG uh, Assassin's Creed we've seen. So for him to be, it feels quite a less bit RPG focused. I don't know about that, honestly, looking through it, especially when earlier on they showed, uh, you know, yeah, going, being uh, either ghost or samurai, right? And going through those skill trees and kind of progressing out each way like that. I think they all, it is yeah. very much in line with that. And so for everybody at the time to say, they were into it and then, you know, and I, and I think people are still into it, but to come back the next day a little bit and have it like, cause the question from Nano on games daily was like, you know, how do you feel the next morning? Like the morning after, are you still high as it, on it as you were then? Because I've watched it and I don't, I don't know if I am actually, I'm still incredibly high on this. This still mm -hmm. looks awesome. Uh, as somebody who loves the Assassin's Creed games, loves open world, roam around, I'm going to throw RPGs in there, arguable how much of an RPG this is, but you know what I mean? action rpgs uh action adventure games open world like this is exactly what i want especially coming from a playstation first party which means they're able to actually focus on it make sure it runs great have all these great things yeah. that i think make it more refined know, exactly and as we you know one of the things we were so impressed with watching uh, uh the state of play was the foliage was the color was all the belt like these completely optional things they didn't need to do whether it be samurai mode Jap japanese voice uh, tracks stuff like that i'm cool with that and I want that. However, I do. And then when we were talking and reacting to it, I was surprised when Tim said he wanted to play it. Right. Cause I was like, wait, you don't play the Assassin's Creed. And whenever he was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, Tim asked the end of like predict scores and people were like, Oh man, I think this will get nines and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Sucker punch is incredibly talented and I can see that getting it, but I could also see it be, it's another 8.5. It's another awesome open world RPG, you know, action game, open action game. Where you roam around, you fight the things, you clear camps, you get better, you get better equipment, and you go on that way. So, to the question that you raised, Blessing, that I think we will not spend so much time on, does or do play... It's a weird one now, right? Because it, it would have been... Before it was a proper noun, <laughs> PlayStation is Studios would have been... Play, is PlayStation Studios not a proper noun? No, it is now. Before it okay. would have been like, do PlayStation Studios take enough time? But because oh, it's I now see, singular, right? Yeah, it's like does now, PlayStation does Studios. PlayStation Studios take enough time? Does, do, do PlayStation first-party games take enough risks, right? Are, are they playing it too safe? It's a loaded question, and I don't know the answer. I would say no. They, they don't play it safe. I think 
starting to debate that and talk about that's where it gets interesting. I mm -hmm. think you look at Ghost of Tsushima and it, it is, it's playing it safe. From third-person action-adventure making it like an Assassin's Creed game, right? Sure, that sounds on paper playing it safe, but to pick, uh, you know, historic Japan, to have this Japanese language track, to uh, have your main character be Japanese, which I know is ridiculous, right? But think about, like, mainstream breakout games. Sure, we can look at Yakuza. Sure, we can look at Sekiro. Sure, we can look at these things. You're talking about something that samurai films don't ap appeal to everyone. Right, I think that's where I'm driving mm -hmm. with this. And granted, they've had more of a comeback with Neo and, and Sekiro lately. But even then, they're not the breakthrough, big budget, huge success stories you see. I think it is a risk to make this. It is a risk to say to Sucker Punch, sure, don't make another infamous game. You know, you legitimately, you are our superhero studio. Superheroes still incredibly hot. Don't make that. Move on. You want to make this. You want to make a samurai film. You want to make it as Japanese and samurai as possible with the filters and language tracks and the imagery and everything else. Go for it. Like, that's not the biggest risk in the world, but it is like you can play it safe and just have them make infamous what like three if they wanted to number it right yeah, or like infamous whatever they want to call it. Two. Yeah, exactly. See, my my rebuttal to that would be would would another infamous game right now work, especially with spider-man being a thing like sure. I, I feel like right now if you have those two ips battling battling it out then and not even necessarily battling it out but putting but putting those games out toward like the same period yeah. i feel like you're doing one or the other a, a, a disservice and mainly infamous a disservice at that point right like i feel like at that point people are people are going to flock more toward a spider-man rather than rather than an infamous and so you kind of want sucker punch to be doing something different right now Yes, no. I feel like you could easily make the argument that we were talking about before of drafting off that success, right? Where I think, mm -hmm. yeah, Spider-Man's a great game, but Spider-Man was already two years ago, right? Like, it, wouldn't you want them cycling in and off, handing off the baton? We're back to talking about Assassin's Creed, right? Where, you know, it was Origins, then a year off, then Odyssey, then or wasn't a year off between Origins and Odyssey? Maybe it wasn't, actually. Maybe, no. But it was Odyssey it's for sure. Year off. Yeah, Odyssey a year off into Valhalla now, right? And to the point yeah. that... You know, I was inclined after watching this, watching the Valhalla thing to be like, fuck, I, I want to play Assassin's Creed right now. I want to play it, you know, for in my free time this week, play a two-year-old game or whatever. Like, I think there is that encouragement to it. And you can do different things with it. And there's even an argument you want, you talk about this, like, remember how we were all up in arms about like, oh man, Days Gone and Last of Us are going to be competing in that zombie space. They're going to be doing all these different things. And they really haven't, right? Like Days Gone... Uh, you know, we've talked, at, at, I think, to death about it, you know what I mean, in terms of critic reception mm -hmm. versus uh, audience reception and stuff like that. But a success, right, I would think for PlayStation, I think it sold well. It seems like everybody's happy with it. You see people talk about it. They, you know, the studio, Bend, who, again, I think is great, uh, celebrated, you know, the year with a big event and all these different conversations and the fan base was there for them. I think that you don't look at Last of Us Part Two right now and go, oh, man, it's another zombie game, right? Like, I, I think it's part of the reason probably Last of Us is playing down the zombies and more about, like, mm -hmm. Ellie's story and Joel's story, but I, I feel like you we did look at Days Gone and have that reaction. Like I feel like when react when uh Days Gone were first was first revealed, we had that reaction of like, huh, like this at first when when the trailer first popped up, I think most people sure. thought like, oh, is this Last of Us? And yeah. when you actually got the game, you're like, huh, interesting for them to be doing another zombie game after be, after 
doing last of us but see i think that's one of those things where we monday uh, we sit here and you know after an e3 press conference or when a game gets announced or whatever we sit here and monday morning quarterback the hell out of it like nickel and diamond mm-hmm. these decisions yada 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 and then even when days gone launched i don't remember people being like uh i'm gonna wait for last of us i'm gonna do this thing it was because it's, no, yeah. it's such a different game days gone is more akin to ghost of tsushima Right. Of like, yeah, here's this giant open world run, do missions, you know, get better. Yeah. Get better weapons. Right. And, you know, upgrade Deacon and do all these things like that's not I, I it, with the general words I just used. You could make an argument. I'm wrong. But for the most part, that's not what Last of Us is. Right. Especially the open world stuff like Last of Us is a narrative based adventure. We're giving you a linear linear story, whereas Days Gone was more upgrade your bike. However you want to get the best weapon, go out and do this mission or mm-hmm. do that mission or do this. Just hunt hordes here at the end, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like that's. Again, now that, that I say all that, that brings us back to the thing of like, are, is PlayStation Studio playing it too safe? Because of course we are talking about a game now. Is 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 the lion's share of PlayStation Studios just third person action adventure open world games? Yeah, Do whatever you want. Because right? you figure right there, we're talking about Ghosts, we're talking about uh, Days Gone, we're talking about Spider Man. Like they start falling yeah. in the bucket. Sorry, what was that one? Last of Us. Last, well, no, Last of Us doesn't count, right? Because that's not, I mean, Third-person action game. I said open world, so I'm trying to. Oh, I see. What you're I see. What you're but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you're not wrong about that, right? And I, that's why I think it was interesting. Hold on, I want to toss. Uh, of course, we asked this question ahead of time uh, on the games daily. Uh, so many people then wrote in to, here to PS. I love you, XOXO, for a best friends talk back segment where we asked, "Do you think PlayStation plays it too safe?" Charles Jacobson wrote in with a very nice breakdown. I thought, "Greetings, Greg and Blessing. What a question." His answer: Yes. But that's the case for Xbox and Nintendo as well. I'll get a lot of hate for this, but first-party titles are not where innovation comes from. You can trace all the most innovative things in first-party titles back to a third-party slash indie. Why do they play it safe? Simple. I can define PlayStation first-party like this. Third-person action-adventure. What has Naughty Dog made since they became first-party? Action-adventure in one racing game. How about Sucker Punch? But Gorilla was essentially designated to try to make a killer app first-person shooter, and when given a chance for something else, what was it? You guessed it, third-person action-adventure. Santa Monica, check with God of War. Bend, mm-hmm. check. Insomniac, well, let's see what North Carolina has to do with VR, but I think we see where things are going, especially with Spider-Man. Polyphony Digital, well, Gran Turismo is the exception. <laughs> Pixel Opus, makes artistic games like Entwined and Concrete Genie. Uh, even Concrete Genie, though, was third-person, not open world, but action, you know what I mean? It was run around and climb the buildings and collect the things and fight the things. I was, I was still... I, I, concrete genie i would take out of that that um like that group of like like the when you when you look at the last lessons and you look at uh yeah. the ghosts and horizon all this like concrete genie i would i would i would put in the bag of being a risk in some sense but like still not like i i, I wouldn't say that like concrete genie is as much of a, of a risk as if like um gorilla studios made that game right like yeah. I feel like Concrete Genie is a risk worth, Con- worth taking. For the record, I had to edit Charles's uh, letter here because he went on and on and on and on in a good way. Mm-hmm. Great job, Charles. You know, very comprehensive. But he did give you credit for saying when Concrete Genie we were originally discussing, you said that's they didn't need to make this game. This game didn't need to exist. You want to talk about yeah. risks, right? Like, yeah, Concrete Genie is definitely the unraveled of PlayStation, and I go back to that of like 2015. Peter Moore is on our E3 stage, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and he's like. We're talking about why they're doing these EA originals, why they're doing Unraveled. And he's like, listen, Unraveled's not going to make money, but FIFA and Madden make so much money that we can reinvest and we can do this. 
And so, as I said, with Pixel Opus in particular, uh, Concrete Genie, a dynamite fucking game, everybody should play, blew me away in terms of presentation, those cutscenes, the quality of it, how much I loved playing that game. Like, that was a platinum I finished and wanted more. Um, that is a game that I'm sure, as they were making it, PlayStation at least, and I don't know about Pixel Opus, and I don't think they have to worry about it, but PlayStation definitely knew we're not going to make our money back on this. Like, we're not going to, this isn't going to go gangbusters. This is another prestige piece that harkens back to what we are as playstation which is uh, a risk taker it is something that mm-hmm. will do something that is fun and different and doesn't appeal to everybody but appeals to a playstation audience member you know what i mean yeah and like, i I, th- I think charles is right like in terms of the role that first party games play like i would i would say the same thing about xbox and nintendo also right i don't yeah. think they I, I don't think their first party games take risks right when, well, I, when I look at nintendo like, xbox in particular right we'll see what happens at this event when, yeah, they, when we come to july and what they have but if you look at gears 5 right like all right well yeah you know, yeah like forza, you know all right yeah, yeah. gears halo and forza has been kind of this generation for xbox yeah. and even when they do when they have kind of branched out a bit you get something like sea of thieves which i would say is a risk which i would yeah. say is like oh yeah this is them branching out but rare as a studio has kind of been designated as that studio that is like all right yeah you guys can do the weird stuff you know while while we have halos gears and everything else that's like kind of taking the reins as far as being the big microsoft games and as we start to look into uh, Nintendo, right, you're going to say, well, they always make Zelda, they always make Mario, right? They do take risks in they, changing those formulas up. Like Breath of the yeah. Wild wasn't a normal Zelda, right? For sure. Yeah. And Breath of the Wild was definitely like an innovation in what Zelda could be. And then you also look at games like Mario and Rabbit, Rabbit Kingdom Battle, yep. like yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the Crypt of the Necrodancer game that they that they made yep, with yep, Zelda. Yep. Um, uh, Cadence like, of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule, yeah, thank you. Um, and like... I, I feel like you can look at their at their like first party games and find like risks that they're taking mechanically and risks that they're taking design wise. But I feel like you could also make the argument that yet yeah, that like yeah, like a lot of their games do come down to having a a, a Nintendo character in them in them, right? Like even the new games that For Nintendo sure. has made have been games or like the new IPs that N- Nintendo has introduced have been IPs like Arms and Splatoon that I feel like have a certain style and presentation to them that fall in line with what you expect from an uh, from a Nintendo game in the same way that like Sony does right like if if during this this PlayStation 5 event uh that's probably coming up soon right like if <laughs> if so if a, if a PlayStation first party comes out and they introduce like here is a third person action game right like i don't think any any of us are surprised but i also don't think any of us are upset right well, like Here's a question on how I want to evolve it, because I think mm-hmm. we're talking about like, OK, well, yeah, like, you know, Nintendo's always going to do Mario and Zelda and to an extent Metroid eventually. And so you're like, all right, but they innovate in the gameplay mythology, right, or uh, uh, gameplay implementation. For here, I, I wonder, even if it is that, yeah, everybody suddenly is doing third party action adventure games. Is that playing it safe or is it does, you know, the definition of playing it safe come down to what you're actually doing in the video game, right? Like, I think that it's weird to sit here as a genre, we're painting with a genre and going, well, because so many Sony first-party studios uh, are making third-person action games, clearly they're not, they're playing it safe. Because, But that's that. if that was the argument, well, then every third-person action game would be guaranteed to sell, which it isn't. Yeah, well, to, I mean, to your, to your point that you were originally making with Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like, in the way that we look at Nintendo, and they continually put out like Mario's and Zelda's, but like different iterations on those and different innovations on those. I feel like Sony kind of does the flip thing and 
kind of have like like you know we talk a lot about the open world single player action third person game yeah. but like ghost of tsushima it to your point like is in the setting that we don't get a lot of nowadays yeah. right like we do get like sekiro and like neo and stuff but like what comes up in that Forbes article, sorry to cut you off, but what comes up in that Forbes mm-hmm. article is like, oh, it's the Assassin's Creed we've all been saying we've wanted. And it's true. Since a very early day, it's been, oh, feudal Japan, Assassin's Creed, feudal Japan, Assassin's Creed. I don't know what it is, but there has to be some bean counter at Ubisoft who looks at it and is just like, that won't sell. That won't sell what we need it to sell, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't, am I wrong? Because it is that, again... It's the vocal minority. It's us who are on podcasts and activated on Twitter that are like, this is what we want, right? But would that really sell? Does that appeal to everybody? I don't know the answers to it. I would think it would. I didn't, I wasn't like hankering to run around ancient Greece, but then, you know, a hundred hours plus later, I can't get enough of it. Like, I don't understand the argument of what's happening there, but there's clearly something there in terms of market research that's saying this isn't a safe bet. Yeah. And I, I, I also wondered what that is because like I have a hard time believing that Assassin's Creed Tokyo would sell less than Assassin's Creed uh in I mean Assassin's Creed Vikings or like yeah. Assassin's Creed Egypt. Like I've that's kind of a hard thing for me to reconcile in that way. But you know, I I mean to your point, I think there has to be somebody there that's like, well, we don't want to do this right now because of X, Y, and Z. You know, it might yeah. be a money thing, and it might be like a hey, we're gonna get to this down the line, but for now we kind of we have to build up build up to that. Um, who knows? But yeah, like bringing it back to Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like, I I think there there is an argument that Ghost of Tsushima is a risk for Sony, even though you oh, look yeah. at it and you're like, well, this falls in line with a lot of what we see from from them nowadays. Like, still style wise, in terms of you know, in terms of it being a, a an innovation for a Sucker Punch, uh, especially like coming off of the Infamous games. Like, if you were to ask me what that studio was going to work on next before Ghost of Tsushima, I would have yeah, said like right. probably like an op- an open world city or something like that, like something that yeah. involves the tools that they, that that they've worked with before. But for them to make for them to to make the jump to making like this feudal Japan like samurai game where you feel like you're able to ex- explore a bigger world, like that's not necessarily what you'd expect for that studio. It feels like an innovation, but at the same time, to the larger question of is it playing it safe? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. The other argument about how this is an example of because I think we, if you can get past the genre, and like, I mean, to Charles's point, right? Of like, if you think if I'm if I was to describe to you the fastest way possible, what makes Sony first party games, and like, well, yeah, I'm gonna start naming Uncharted and Last of Us, right, and Infamous, and all these mm-hmm. third person action games, but again. The fact that Sucker Punch is doing this game is is operating in the samurai space, which you don't see, this time period, which you don't see. Again, I know Dynasty Warriors and stuff like that. And also, I know I'm totally wrong about the eras in which these games all happen. We're throwing around feudal Japan pretty interestingly, and I am not oh, that yeah. much of a guy. You, know I mean? you understand what we're talking about. Same. Uh, historic yeah. Japan, right? Mm-hmm. I think the fact that you want to come at it and do this, in, is that the safe bet? It's safe in the way that you know third-person pers- action is ex- is interesting, but it's not safe in the way that, cool, you're immediately compared to Assassin's Creed, which is on you know the heels of, what, two stellar Assassin's Creed games and Valhalla hopefully being the third and being kind of your competition. Granted, there's going to be gaps in there in terms of release, but if this comes out and gets middling scores, right, if this does just barely crack eights or just does sevens, are people going to look at this and be like, I can't, or are they going to sit there and go, I'll wait for Valhalla. Like, I'll wait, or, you know, or I will do the Assassin's Creed DLC, like, even or I'll go do Sekiro if I want that, or I'll get back to you know playing Neo or whatever. I, you know, well, this goes mm-hmm. on of 
other things entering into a market that does have competition and again competition that's held in a high regard not that you're coming in and like you can clown everybody out then nobody else is doing this other people are doing this we know what to expect from games like this right like you are entering into a thing where it isn't a safe bet because people already have their minds made up about what they want out of this yeah yeah let's get some other kids involved because we had the whole talk back set yeah, I'm trying to think of of I mean other examples of play, PlayStation first party games that 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 we can kind of throw into the mix because like oh like, like hold on there's a whole bunch in here because like again people have it uh, Mitchell from Canada wrote in of course to Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games just like you can it says I don't think they do play it safe just this year we are seeing them take big risks with games games like Dreams parentheses completely risky and The Last of Us Part Two dealing with sensitive topics and extreme violence. I think Sony first party are giving us the games that they are, I'm sorry, that are giving us the games that are really pushing the industry forward right now. Dreams is the one we hadn't brought up yet, right? And That's Charles, a good point. Is, yeah. Charles's walk eventually gets there talking about Media Molecule, but even Charles brings this up, which I thought was interesting. Media Molecule question mark? Well, let me ask, let me ask you, isn't it curious that the new PlayStation Studios logo includes Little Big Planet and not Dreams? I don't think they will be shut down, but I suspect, I suspect their next project will be more like Tearaway, a colorful platformer, which uh, also lets kids be creative, but is easier to sell. Uh, of course, putting Little Big Planet in there, another, you know, uh, I, putting Little Big Planet into the studios is not, I think, uh, them saying we don't believe in dreams. It's them saying we understand people understand who Sackboy is. We want to make sure that you remember yeah. that this incredibly popular cute character is a playstation thing and also and like, like Charles, i don't think they're moving dreams? to something like chairway i think they're going to keep working on dreams a long time yeah like I, I feel like to represent dreams in that playstation studios animation would be very difficult because like exactly. i guess in that in that case like what you would put uh art stream which has like, thing, like yeah the what guitar would you put character in and it's like, yeah it's like who would who who recognizes that which you could again put logo but like, of, like that that isn't that is a risk and granted i know we were already saying that but that is a risk for PlayStation. And that's the thing I've always, you know, as somebody who's covered PlayStation for so long, what I respect about the process of making a first party game, and granted, this is what I've been told, but I've been told by, I would say, dozens of people, but maybe I'm exaggerating, but a lot of people, this isn't one studio, this isn't one interview, this is 13 years of coverage, that the way it works is that, you know, you come in to pitch your games to back in the day, Shuhei, right? And, but Worldwide Studios, now Herman, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't, and for the most part, you know, again, I'm sure there's examples. Otherwise, please send them to me off the record, but or on the record if you want. But it is these thing of you come in to pitch it, and if you can back it up, and if you can show you believe in it, and you can show that they're like this is the game you guys should be making, your studio wants to make, they let you make it. And like I think you see, as we see, you know, uh, Spider-Man. Well, that was a bad example, I guess, because that was a whole deal before they even got bought. But as we see Ghosts, as you see this, as you see Days Gone, right, and see people go that way, I think part of that is the ramifications, the reverberations of Naughty Dog coming in and changing the game. And I think the mm -hmm. fact that Naughty Dog has been so instrumental in defining what PlayStation is defined as that it's not hard to believe or outrageous to see other people chase that and that's not 100 fair of course because again infamous inf the original infamous right is standing toe to uh, shoulder to shoulder with nathan drake and everything they were already doing that so it's not just a, a reaction to that of course siphon filter from bend was already happening before any of this but i think there's already been a legacy there of 
this is what defines these studios, right? It's not like we are seeing a yeah. um, uh, polyphony suddenly be like, you know, we want to make a third-person action game, right? Yeah, it's uh, not like we're seeing though, a media molecule make like a racing game or something like right. that. It, Which well, would actually be—I'd be into that. Kind of, it, 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 it wasn't them, right? It wasn't them that actually made a little bit of Planet Gardening, but, uh, but no, it is that thing of what you believe and what you want to go do. And I think as the industry's found this niche, as PlayStation has found this niche. Remember how what, what was it? Three years ago, people were trying to say single players dead. Like, honestly, I'm old, so probably more like five years ago. But like, it is this thing of like that's where they found an audience. That, and I think again, like you talk about what defines playstation like i would never think of hey you know what i want to play a ongoing multiplayer game that gets updates and battle passes and everything else I, I hope there's an exclusive one for playstation whenever the argument comes around of like you know not argument question comes around of like what would you want to see first party studios do you know what i mean i'm never sitting there going like oh man i really wish that somebody would bring back Warhawk, that somebody would do this. They, like PlayStation has this reputation right now for making these story-based games or something, yeah, completely artsy like uh, Concrete Genie or Dreams or the racing game in Gran Turismo. Or, you know, we haven't talked about London Studios making, you know, actually doing VR stuff and making really yeah. cool VR shit. Like, again, I think if you were going to stick with that EA 2015 analogy I gave you, right, like, going out and having London make blood and truth, obviously hopefully sells uh, PlayStation VR, which is great for the company, but also is a game that you look at and you go, all right, cool. We're going to take the loss on that because we know last of us and Spider-Man's are going to sell. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to worry about that yeah. part of it. We know God yeah, of like War say, is be huge. I feel like you can say the same thing to, for Ashabot also as a game yeah. that like yeah, yeah. for all, all intents and purposes, right? Like it's, it's a 3d platformer, which isn't like the most, I guess like quote risky game, but at the same time, right. It is like a VR oh, game. It is, yeah, like it, it is like a it, it is a game that's existing in a space that you know it's probably not going to sell like crazy, right? It being yeah. trapped, not, or let me not let me not even say trapped, but it being contained to yeah. to VR limited, uh, yeah, yeah, limited. Like you know, people th- that game's not going to going to sell like crazy, but I think it is for them a worthy investment to make or a worthy, I guess, risk to take to uh, to put that game out because you want you want to boost up VR, you want to boost up that that library. I think for me when I when I come back to the original question like i think that i think i ask a second question which is like do i want them to be more risky in their games like do i because i'm for me with playstation i'm very much satisfied with what their first party out output is like all things considered right like there have been especially this generation and toward the last uh, toward the end of last generation right like some very incredible games that they've released under first party if you look at god of war if you look at last what's you look at uncharted 4 like you know they've had bangers right in zero dawn yeah um, william simons writes into uh, patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says hi greg and bless i personally don't think playstation plays it too safe sure they don't provide the most innovative gameplay but they certainly make innovative experiences i can say without any hesitate without any hesitation that i have never experienced anything like god of war or horizon even though the gameplay is nothing new the way i felt is certainly unlike anything else which fucking destroys that's a great point yeah no yeah and and i i think that comes back to what you're saying about ghost of Tsushima once again like you know like genre, there 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 are so many other uh differentiating factors between games other than other than genre right like you can do so much with that third person open world setup totally. like you can make so many different types of games like both i mean you can you can just make the umbrella statement of like both gta 5 and legend of zelda breath of the wild or open world games 
very different games, right. very different right. worlds, very different experiences, but they're both in that umbrella genre of open world. You know, you look at a lot of PlayStation first party games, like there's there's even even Days Gone and Last of Us, you know, there's a lot of differences there in terms of what's going on, what type of game they are. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get out of both experiences. Uh, I want to get Wesley LeBlanc in here, but heads up, we have spoilers for the end of Spider-Man and the end of Uncharted 4 in here. Super top level spoilers that I would be surprised if you didn't know, <laughs> but heads up <laughs> if you're avoiding those still. Uh, I, I don't. So the question was, you know, does PlayStation play it too safe? And Wesley says, I don't think they do. God of War kind of spat in the face of what it was loved for. Hey, turns out gratuitous violence isn't healthy and can have damaging effects on yourself and others around you. On the same note, Insomniac made a Spider-Man game and killed Aunt May, a traditionally integral character to the world of Spider-Man. Naughty Dog didn't kill Nathan Drake when it felt basically a lock-in to do so. Gorilla decided to switch genres completely and create a robo-dino open world game instead of a first-person shooter. Sure, there are examples that demonstrate Sony playing a little safe, perhaps, but I think ultimately what sets Sony first party apart from, from some of the games from third party is the risk they take. Hmm. God of War is a great example of this again, where it's like you could sit there and be like, it's what we've talked about, I think, uh, when we're on Games Daily or Games Cast talking about what I want to see out of Xbox uh, next time around, which is innovate and make Halo Infinite feel different and make all these things because just looking at gears i couldn't get excited for gears even though i've heard it's fantastic and it's it is they do a lot of interesting stuff and yada 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 like think about how i detested kratos and hated kratos and thought he was such a bad character for god of wars (laughs) of three god of wars and and then uh what the two psp ones as well right like well god of war ascension also he wasn't that was he he wasn't the character in that though right well that was the multiplayer yeah, that was the one that had multi- multiplayer in it. Was he not yeah, the yeah. character in Ascension? I don't even remember what the fuck Ascension I skipped was over about. Ascension. Who? Hold on, hold on. Don't, right? don't calm down. Calm down. Let's not freak out, everybody. Hold on, hold on. I thought I thought it was... Because it was like a prequel. Yeah. I just remember it from the f- stupid faction multiplayer. God, I don't want to say It was a prequel, which might have been the thing that was like... As with previous, it's... Next game, chronological... Chains Olympus takes place. <laughs> game's narrative takes place over four weeks. It shifts between uh, present uh, and past, while the player controls Kratos in both several locations. Man, I do not, for the record, in any way, shape, or form, remember what remember the Ascension. fuck Ascension single player was about. I remember doing the demos of multiplayer and having to preview it and shit for IGN. I could not, for the life of me, tell you what the fuck happens in Ascension's single player. Anyways, I'm, I'm very much with you though. Like as far as the the changes they made to, to Kratos, because like. As somebody yeah. who I like, I I remember as a kid, like going over to my friend Addison's house, and he had God of War one and two, and I would watch him play it, and I'd be like, "Yo, this game looks incredible." And I remember when when I finally got around to getting the games and playing them, I was like, "Yeah, these are like these are great games, right?" Like for yeah. PS2, those these graphics are incredible, uh, and it's like a I mean, overall, just a very solid, like, well made game. But yeah, like I I didn't care about Kratos. I didn't care about what was going on in that world really until. Yeah god of war 2018 where right. they kind of reinvented themselves and i guess reinventing yourself in an in, in an essence you know you can consider like this it's, it's a risky thing to do because totally yeah to go in there and change the dna of that game and change yeah. the camera angle and like you know it's this again it's this weird intersection we always talk about with games of art and business and i do feel that even though they are not nearly as weird as they were in ps3 era PlayStation is still the ones who are the 
art kids. They are the art ta- the ki- the table of the fucking artists and musicians and everybody else who want to make weird shit and do weird things and roll the dice. And I think most of the times to their own, um, and they get in, most of the time PlayStation gets in its own way where they, sh- I think they should own that and message that. And I, I still would have had somebody like Shu and Adam out in front of this thing and have them be a personality for the brand. And as they recede to being just the PlayStation brand and PlayStation studios, they lose that. And they, I think people start thinking of them more as like just suits or whatever. But then you look at the output of what they're putting out and they are making, they are taking millions of dollars and pouring them into art house projects. And I think, you know, you look at something again, even like the last of us where it, it was sure zombies are hot, but you're on the heels of uncharted that things, you know, huge and big and boisterous and everybody loves it. And like, they were like, all right, cool. You can go make this completely bleak story that is different. And granted, obviously it's a huge success. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It broke out. But even to go back then, I remember, and I've said it before on shows, like I remember that being what I thought was going to be a test of how smart is the mainstream gamer? Are we to a point that they understand that naughty dog before a game means something in the same way it's a Scorsese film, right? It means that mm-hmm. it's not, it's more than that. Cause I remember growing up and being like, Oh, it's a Sega game and not understanding that no Sega didn't make it. Sega just published it for your Genesis, right? Or whatever. Like that's a, I think there are a lot of people that struggle with that understanding studios and not, as many by any stretch of the imagination. I'm talking about at the launch of, you know, uh, what Uncharted 3 into Uncharted or and the last of us one. So like, yeah, you know, a, that's a wide spanning argument I'm giving you right there. But PlayStation is the one who makes cool shit and they continue to make cool shit and they, they recruit mm-hmm. people to make cool shit and push boundaries. I think whether it is something like uh, Dreams or whether it is something that is, you know, playing it safe like Ghost of yeah. Tsushima, which I think only in certain ways and in, in certain arguments is playing it safe. Yeah, and I and I mean to the point of me feeling okay with kind of where Sony is at with like their first parties and how they treat them, right? Like, you know, Concrete Genie I think is a, is a very good example of like yes, this is a game that they didn't necessarily need to make, but fulfill fulfills the purpose of boistering up the the catalog, right? Like it, it's yeah. a, it's a game that kind of adds character to that, right? I think you could point to, and this is kind of a weird example also, but I think we should probably mention it like Death Stranding being a game that you know is super weird and like a very risky game in the sense of what it is i feel like when you add hideo kojima's name to it it becomes way less risky and it becomes a thing of Of like okay yeah like you met you let hideo kojima make make what he wants make make what he wants and then like you know just sell it as a hideo kojima game and people will flock to it um or they won't like let's just have a game with hideo kojima on it right but even that again was a huge risk of like all right cool you know like is kojima's name and I, I would make the argument that yes, but is it, you know, so well known that like people who liked Metal Gear, but don't really follow the video games industry are going to get when they see a commercial that it's a Hideo Kojima game and has the guy from Walking Dead in it and the guy from Dexter in it. Are they going to get like, yeah. not Dexter, Hannibal? Are they going to get like, Dexter in that game? I, only, I don't know, Matt. I never watched any of those shows. So I just remember that being a big deal for it. I forget. What do I know Mads from? Something else he did. Mads Mickelson? Rogue yeah. One. Yeah, that's the one. Remember oh, that? Yeah. The one that put yeah, Gary man. Wood on the map on the map but yeah i I think you look at game and it's weird it's almost weird to include them in the same sentence like this but in essence like games like death stranding and concrete genie and dreams you know i'll put that in there too right like they they lift up the catalog in a way to where yeah now like these games coexisting with your ghost of shimas and your last places and your horizons you know makes that catalog fill out and feel complete and 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 varied and gives a character um in a way where sorry go for it no please go 
well, I was just saying in a way where you 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 look at PlayStation Studios as a brand, and you in and you're like, okay, yeah, this means something. Like this this has this has variance to it. I think, and again, I, what I love about this argument and this question is that you can slice it different ways and have different arguments. Traditionally, if we're defining playing it safe by traditional rules and what you would, I would think you actually are defining it as, then out of most of the games we just discussed, because I, I, we just ran through so many, mm-hmm. what the most, the one that's playing it the safest is Last of Us Part Two, because it's got a sequel on it. It's already a known property. Yeah. It's already a known hit. Like yes, like playing it safe to me is sitting there and going like, all right, we already know people love Gears. Make another Gears. Make Gears 5. You know what I mean? All right, people love Uncharted. Uh, hey, yeah, we don't want to make Uncharted anymore, so we want to get out of the Nathan Drake story. Uh, the fuck you do. You're not allowed to do that. You know, you can make one more and we'll pass it off to somebody else and Nathan's story will continue. He's Indiana Jones. You should go forever. Like, that would be playing it safe, right? Oh, we want to make this uh, weird open world samurai game. The fuck you do. Uh, Second Son had some problems. You can make it better. <laughs> go ahead and do this. You know what I mean? Or work with somebody on remastering Infamous 1 and 2 and putting that out. And like, you know, or fuck, don't even do Infamous. Where's another Sly Cooper? Like, let's keep going on that track. Like, you can follow yeah. it all the way back there with Jack and Daxter, you know, to switch over to Uncharted and stuff. Like, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, blessing. Great. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who wrote in on this topic. Again, for something that just happened on a Games Daily Amazing. And then on top of that, I want to say you guys, uh, as usual, it's episode 20. Uh, thank you so much for writing in in general. Today was one of those days I was going through getting all the things. And I, I like the way I put out the spreadsheet, I finally, cl- I'm like, wait, how far back in the dates are? And I went over and like, I had gone through like 35 questions and they were from yesterday. Man. I was like, holy yeah, shit. That's awesome. You guys are still really into this show. That means a lot to us. Uh, before that's we switch. Awesome. We're going to jump into the, the the hotness of, you know, just the quick hits or whatever. But mm. for ghosts, we had a couple of ghost questions that weren't necessarily about this. Are they afraid of doing, you know, moving it forward kind of thing? You want to get into some mm. of those? Let's do it. My dog, Nick96 from Massachusetts, writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hi, Greg and Blessing. I'm excited for Ghost of Tsushima, but I don't want to be overhyped. Based on the state of play, the game gives me Red Dead 2 vibes, but set in the 13th century Japan. I'm also wondering how the game feels once I get control. Part of me is worried the controls could be cumbersome like Red Dead Redemption 2. It was definitely a big turnoff for me in the in that game. I doubt the controls in Ghost will be as clunky since it's more action-focused. There's no real question here. I just wanted to voice my concern. Is there anything about Ghost of Tsushima you might be a bit skeptical on? So, again, blessing to go full circle on this question. Now, not even the next morning. Uh, now, a week later, how are you feeling about Ghost? I'm still as hyped as I was before, like to the point yeah. of, you know, it being similar to to Red Dead. I think just like the mechanic that they showed where uh, you can essentially leap forward off your horse is enough to make me go like, mm-hmm. OK, cool. Like they, they, they know what they're doing as far as like how it feels to control, because I also had similar complaints with Red Dead of it feeling too clunky and it feeling too too slow to do anything, yeah. um, you know, partly yeah, because it's the Wild West. But but yeah, like with Ghost of Tsushima, like it's I don't have that concern that it's going to be super slow in that way um as as far as like any concerns that i do have for it like i don't i don't from what we saw uh on thursday was it thursday i think it was thursday thursday. what we saw last week i there's nothing there's nothing that really stood out to me as like oh i don't know how i feel about this like (laughs) if like if anything i just have my fingers crossed that they nail it in, in the in the ways that i guess we we won't know until we know right like the story we don't really know know till we know like yeah. how good that story is and how much it, it vibes with us. The uh, how populated the open world is is like an, a, another thing. Like I'm fine with open worlds that feel 
somewhat empty as long as they feel like there is a purpose to the rhyme and reason that's going that's going on right when they yeah. when they showed off like you know when they talked about curiosity and they, and they and they showed off like oh yeah follow the birds to this okay smoke the 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 smokestacks will indicate this right like as long as that stuff feels natural and doesn't become old too early on you know like that that's gonna be good with me like my main thing is you know the hope that they're able they're able to stick the landing in the ways that any open world game can kind of fall apart sure yeah for me and i think it'll be if i was a betting man something that's the difference for me personally of watching versus playing Whereas you're, when you're watching, I, don't, I have the trailer running or the state of play running right now. When you watch something like uh, Ghost for the first time, no less, really a lengthy, lengthy gameplay, I feel like I start exploring the corners of the screen more than I will in the real game. You know, I'll be focused on Jin, I'll be focused on the action, the HUDs, what I'm using, my weapons, my stances, all that jazz. And so when I look around it, like the only thing that concerns me about it is that it feels not empty, but it, like I'm just talking about the shots in general feel like they're very airy. Like there's a lot of not negative space because obviously there's so much detail in the grass. I mean, he's invading the camp right now as I look. I can't put it into words what about, but like when I was talking about uh, uh, when, when Tim asked and everybody's like, oh, nines for review scores, they, they, they could see it getting. I can see that, but I can also see it just being a really high eight and, and being like that thing of just like, it's fun to play and it's awesome to do and you enjoy these things, but it just doesn't hit that level. It doesn't cross over that boundary, right? Of like, I, I think we're talking about when I look at it, animation quality and character model quality and the colors and all these different things. Mm-hmm. It's still, it still doesn't look like an Assassin's Creed that is moment to moment Last of Us, if that makes sense. And I know that's impossible, but you know what I mean yeah. in terms of a the first party panache and polish to every moment of it. And again, mm-hmm. I think that's because I'm watching it and I'm I'm able to wander and I'm not in the moment. I, I would imagine when I get here, it's the same way I think. You know, with both Origins and Odyssey, beautiful games for Assassin's Creed. Think they're gorgeous and sun splash, and you're running through and having a great time. The amount of times I've stopped that game, or Odyssey in particular, because I've had more experience with it, to take a photo in photo mode, and I start going for it, and it's like, ooh, that's a bad texture. Oh, her foot's not actually on the ground. Like, it's that kind of thing that I don't think this game suffers from. But as I'm now just like wandering the screen, I, I it, it just isn't. Mm-hmm wowing me in every frame at every at every step and i would I imagine like playing it will be a different thing but who knows because again even right now like when mission ends and it says destroy the shipyard and then the you know graphic floats away into flowers like that's fucking awesome like if it's if it's a style thing where i'm gonna get in there and feel this thing back to your point of like the birds flying around and the wind and stuff like i as somebody who loved the exploration mode uh, in odyssey rather than if you don't if you're not familiar in odyssey it asks you in the beginning like do you want to be in explorer mode or classic mode classic mode is the one where it's like go talk to this guy and the thing's just on the screen like that's where you need to go whereas yeah. exploration mode is like he's in this area to the northwest of this landmark or whatever and again it's pretty simple to find them but that was a fun part where i liked going to the map and be like where the fuck is that island find the island figure out where i needed to go like that Getting lost in the world to that degree uh, in Ghost sounds awesome. Like I want that very much. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. And like that's, that's the thing that can kind of be hit or miss for me with open world games. Like I hate when an open world feels like a checklist. Like that's not necessarily my Mm, jam. mm, mm. Like I, I don't, I don't. And honestly, this is like, this might be the reason that I didn't get into the earlier Assassin's Creed games when I tried them out. Like I know I, I've never really vibed with the idea of 
Like here's just a bunch of icons on screen and just yeah, go, go to go to the icons, you know, check them off and clear them out. Like that's not really the way that I like to engage the open worlds. Like I do like to kind of feel like I'm getting lost in them and feel like yeah. I am like, you know, ex actually actually ex exploring as opposed to like opening up a map and being like, all right, let me go to this icon to clear out right. uh, this quest. And so like if it's able to deliver on, on that level for me, which it seems like from the state of play the way that they've presented it seems to be going for more of of the explorative experience rather than the check the checklist experience then i'm all in yeah really excited can't wait more i mean it's definitely a can't wait for more it's really a game that uh speaks to everything i like out of my open worlds and i like yeah. out of my video games and obviously i love sucker punch so we'll see yeah same here craig yeah you ready for item number two I was born ready for item number two. Item number two is actually three different items. Because okay. I've introduced a thing that I'm calling PlayStation Updates, which is basically <laughs> quick hit. <laughs> but I feel like well, PlayStation no, Updates is a fun way to put it. This, again, is I think, you know, it's fun talking about volume two of PS I Love You Live as we make it, right? And I think that's been the interesting thing where I was having conversations on Tuesday of last week, like I said, of, man, are you going to move the show? Like, it seems like there's always news that breaks on Tuesday. I'm like, well, there's always going to be news that breaks on Tuesday. And... Granted, when it was the last of us indefinite delay and we did a special episode, like that's awesome. Yeah. I doubt that whenever PlayStation announced the place announces the PlayStation 5 event, that that's going to line up with the PS I Love You. And I really doubt that's going to warrant a special episode. Because when they do come out and they say June 4th, like Grub's saying, right? It's going to be cool. Or they're not going to list games. They're not going to tell you a number of announcements. They're not going to do whatever. It's going to be, this is what it is. This is the time it is. And Games Daily will cover that, right? You know, that's not like, where we come in and stuff but i do think it's important to recap the bigger news stories that have happened throughout the week so if we are your one-stop shop for playstation news you understand what's happening yeah and that's it that was the exact thought i had behind uh playstation updates here is that it's the thing that is the, the thing to keep you up up to date but not necessarily like us going like deep diving into just news news totally. items and so uh the first one here playstation studios is a thing now uh, I'm pulling this from gamesindustry.biz. Uh, they write, Sony has developed a new umbrella brand to unite its first-party PlayStation titles. The PlayStation Studios brand will go live in PS4 and PS5 games later this year and will only be featured on games developed and managed by Sony Interactive Entertainment's Worldwide Studios organization. Alongside the logo, PlayStation has created a new opening video that will appear at the start of its games. The video features characters from Uncharted, Little Big Planet, God of War, Ratchet & Clank, Horizon Zero Dawn, and the last of us really cool stuff DKD, this, uh, DKD playing it already right there on loop yeah he's great Kevin, at his job you see it Kevin's there. playing playing the opening uh animation which yeah right. very much has like a, a marvel mcu oh, yeah, kind of totally to it. totally yeah. right which they, yeah. they reference in the in the interview in the yeah, game i saw the game games industry article. Article thing they talked about or whatever it's more a bummer of like they announced it and they debuted it and they're like awesome yeah uh it won't be on last of us part two and it won't be on ghost of tsushima and it won't be like what the fuck why yeah <laughs> Just, like this seems like it would have been the perfect time to do all that and have it come out then yeah and i'm and i don't know if this is like we talked recently about like how playstation's plans plans have gotten shifted all over the place yeah like between like the controller reveal and this unreal engine 5 demo and all these different things i wonder like if this was supposed to line up with something specific because mm -hmm. i find it weird that they they just don't hold this for the ps5 event because you're not yeah. going to use this for your two upcoming games right like why not just you know have this be like the thing where you're where you are talking about like and you know for ps5 we're going to have our first party titles of course uh, introduced to introduce our new first party lineup Here's the place. Here's PlayStation Studios, right? Like, I feel like that could have been just as, just as big of a a moment and a pop, and it would have been cool to see that there. But now, here's what I want to know: as we talk about this, 
I, I was, of course, listening to Games Daily when you and Imran were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Have you come around on the fact it's going to be on way more than you think it's going to be on? I remember you guys going back and forth about games like, oh, well, it wouldn't have been on this. And it would, I'm like, yes, it would have. It totally would have been on. It would, it would have been on Death Stranding. I, I mean, I, I think I was, I was of the mind that's going to be on more games. I think Imran, Imran was sucks. like, yeah, Imran, Imran was of the mind that was that this would be only like on like the big first party games. But I think that you know, you I think you would have seen this on Concrete Genie and like. Well, yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, I feel like that's, that's, that's the go to game. Even, like, games, smaller PlayStation titles. Gamesindustry.biz, right? They've got it up here. I'm reading. This is Christopher Dring. Dring. I'm reading from alongside games developed by Sony's first party studios, such as Naughty Dog, Insomniac, Santa Monica, Media Molecule, and Gorilla. The PlayStation Studios brand will also apply to games made for work. Are made by work for hire developers under Sony's direction. Yeah. So right there, right? Yeah, that would have been death. That would have been Predator. Like this thing would have been all over the place. Like it's gonna if it it's back to the Predator, argument. Predator was the one that I that I think I was like, I don't know if, if I could have seen I mean, this. I Predator. think it's I think they're gonna I think they're gonna get once this goes live, I think they're gonna beat it like a government mule. <laughs> they're gonna put it on anything that like and it, it sucks for this argument that Insomniac's now in, in, already in the first party. Jesus Christ. I knew Jen was hacking at something back there. I didn't expect her to sneak oh, up on that. me. She dropped some oranges here. We got some oranges. Oh, <laughs> she, it's like she's like a it's like I'm a, a kid just done with my little my little soccer game, and she's got the orange slices for me ready to go. Uh, it smells good. Uh, no, Insomniac. Like you know, remember this is back to the argument when Spider Man was coming out, and I was arguing it was second party, and it was a second party game, and uh, Insomniac on Twitter came back at me like, no, it's first party. Like sucker, mm-hmm. second party doesn't exist anymore. Like if it's Something that's being worked on and PlayStation's funding it, they treat it as a first-party title. It's a first-party game. So anything PlayStation publishes, but I think, is going to have this thing. Is PlayStation treating Predator Hunting Grounds the same way they treated Spider-Man? Like, in, t- in terms of, like, their ownership of it? Because I, I always assumed that, it, like, it was a thing that Ilphonic probably, like, started of their own volition. Or maybe it was, like, a thing where they, they approached Sony and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. approved, as long as this is a, a console exclusive. You can put it on PC or whatever. Like, I, I, I figured that was more, like, a, a like, partnership thing than a hey we're playing playstation we're approaching insomniac to make this game for us as a first party game i mean publishing can go either way but uh, you know the tldr on it is if you're publishing a game you're publishing a game and so whether like, you know are they treating it the same way as spider-man are they, are they treating predator the same way they're treating spider-man of course not where are the predator commercials where's this thing where's all you know i mean like but that's a completely different argument of marketing budgets and projections and how what that game could see sell and what you think the ceiling is and how many people other than me and Nick give a shit about Predator. <laughs> like, of course. Like there's that argument to it, but I think dollars and cents, you know, long and short of it, yeah, this is a PlayStation game. Like this would go on to it because it worked for higher developers under Sony's direction. If you our stu- if- he, uh, this is Eric Lampel, of course, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. If our studios are managing the production of these games and working with an external developer, it will still come under the PlayStation Studios brand, Lampella details. It doesn't mean that we outright own the developer, but it just means we brought it up as a first party. In a lot of cases, we don't own the developer, end quote. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Like, uh, do, you know, do you know if PlayStation published uh, uh, Predator Hunting Grounds on PC also? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, then I, I guess that would make sense then. Yeah, I can see that. Because I remember uh, that being... Not a big deal. Hold on. You can keep going with your things. I'll keep looking into it. The second PlayStation update is, of course, Iron Man VR has a date now, July 3rd. Uh, they tweeted that last week. They also had a quote here that I thought was interesting. They, they, they said in their tweet, please look forward to more news in the coming weeks. That's something that I missed when I first uh, talked about this news on KFGD. That, like, they said look forward to more news in coming weeks. Yeah. What do Trailers. You know? 
I mean, we haven't seen that game in a long time. Like, it's been ugh, when did I see it? I saw it at that one that was based around Gamescom. No, they're on that state of play. When was that state of play? Hold on. That was the March one? State of, no, that was way earlier than that. Yeah, I was going to say for, for Iron Man VR. Yeah. State of play PlayStation. Uh, I click on the thing here. News and one no, around Game Awards that had RE3. No, no, no. It was, yeah, that was oh, the debut yeah. one. So September 25th. So it was the one around. No, that's not right. Hold on. Sorry. The thing shifted because of uh, oh, no. March 25th is when they did that. And I went and saw hey. it. So you figure that was the last time we had a demo. Sorry. When they debuted this game? March. Yeah. March 25th, 2019 was gotcha. the reveal of Iron Man VR. And then uh, like the next that afternoon, I went and played it along with a bunch of other VR stuff. So you figure, yeah, well over a year now, a year and uh, three months pretty much uh, since we saw, or no, a year and two months since you saw anything of it. So it's in the same way we're talking about this state of play, or last week we were talking about this, we need to see something for Ghost. For Iron Man coming in July, you need to see something and get people hyped for that. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, Last of Us 2 is getting a mini doc series called Inside Mm. the Last of Us. Um, Inside the Story is already up. Uh, That went up on May 13th. But then upcoming is Inside the Gameplay, which is May 20th this week. Uh, Inside the Details, which is next week. And then Inside the World, which is is June 3rd. And so that's very exciting. I watched the the first part, even though I've been trying to like be somewhat somewhat media blackout on, on Last of Us Part 2. Um, but at the same time, I was like, I, I just want to, I, I gotta, gotta see it. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta see know. It. No, it's the same way. I gotta I did, know. I did the exact same thing. And it's like, I think at the very end, Neil started talking about something. I was like, I got, I'm bouncing. That's enough. I've seen enough out of this. I don't need any more. Great idea. Cool thing they're doing. I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, yeah, but it is that thing of like, I don't want to see more. <laughs> just give me the game. Yeah. How do you feel about like how much PlayStation has talked and showed last was part two? Because like that's, I've always been of the mind that like they've not needed to like you, yeah. they 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 didn't need that last story trailer they they they've not needed to like go go I mean, in terms of showing us what's traditional game video games right I feel where I feel like we always get to this point and it's like oh no, and now the story trailer like oh god don't show us anything else like you're gonna get a launch yeah. trailer for that game still it's the same way uh remember for final fantasy remake that trailer that dropped for that and we and i didn't even watch it because i was still playing through it and people were like oh yeah i'm reviewing this and if you want this game not to be spoiled do not look at this trailer like i was like i'm not gonna even bother like yeah people always show too much i think up until this point it's been the right amount of stuff you know what i mean where it was the you know the giant demo i went and played with those two big sections it was the the first trailer or the it was the teaser trailer then the real trailer and then even this one i don't think this last trailer would have been or was too much. It's, you know, then you partner with the fucking leaks and then it's like a different ball of wax on how much people know or don't know about this game. Yeah. I still think it's, you know what? I don't want to say what I don't know because I don't need people coming at me with more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so now like, you know. <laughs> I think they've done a judici- judicious approach. They could have given you way more. They could have gone way more in depth with things. I think. Yeah. That's uh, for it's sure. Been a good rollout. That's for sure the thing I'll commend them for is that like in none of the trailers and stuff I've seen for it, like this they they're not talking too much. They're like you still don't really you're still unsure about a lot of things that's going on in the story. Like in fact I couldn't I couldn't necessarily like, you know, lay out uh what is going on by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And that's how I wanna be, right? Like even knowing what I know and knowing the ending and all that stuff, like I don't care so much about knowing the details and ending. I want to know the journey there and where we go and how we get there and what yeah. this relationship turns into or how that goes down this way, how the game starts where, you know I mean? There's so much to go on with that game that can't wait yeah. to get it, but it's, it's an interesting, can't wait to get it where it's not. I feel like I'm trying to think of a, the last game 
I guess like Animal Crossing, right? But like, there's games where I can't wait to play them, where I refresh my email, where I'm crazily checking it, right? Whereas like Last of Us, I know is coming. I know it's going to be great. I can't wait to play it. When I do, life will stop. And I will, you know, if I'm not on a show or working on something for work, I will be playing it. But I'm not like ants in my pants, can't wait. Does that make sense? Like, I I, I I can't wait, but I'm not like where I've been. Go ahead. I, no, I'm 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 with you also. I don't know if it's from like the same sense because like I like I I wish that somehow Ghost and Last Wisk could switch places and I could just play Ghost first because like Last Wisk. I think Ghost is gonna be a longer experience though. But I, I I think knowing what the Last Wisk is about and knowing how like Neil's talked about it and and them saying it's a story of revenge and seeing all the trailers and stuff like I'm just not in the mood for something that like mm-hmm. harrowing and violent and stressful like i'm already like very very stressed i've been super stressed lately especially like i i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily yeah like like everybody is but like i'm not necessarily like i guess prepared emotionally for it right now yeah. um but like, i mean when it when it's here i'm of course gonna like you know be all about it um but yeah like it's it's definitely one of the one of those ones where i'm like i'll 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 play it when I when I play it. Like I'll play it when it's here, but I'm not like yeah. thinking about it every day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not thinking about it every day. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Same here. Did you figure out the? Were you or were you looking up the um, Predator thing where they published it on PC? I you mean, it's published. I mean, yeah. Like I don't. That usually publishing deals are broken up by a uh, 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 region. region. And so yeah, I mean, it's published. Uh, you know. Right here. Okay. I, guess, I guess I could go to the Epic Game Store, right? Epic Game. I guess that'll make sense, yeah. If they, but I mean, because I think it's stopping news of like, uh, uh, like a PlayStation PlayStation game is coming to PC. Yeah, like well, not even that. Like PlayStation Publish is coming to. Right? Here we go. Hunt, Epic.com, Hunter B. Hunt, Game yes, do the thing. Yeah, publisher Sony Interactive Entertainment. Just yeah. how it is. Yeah. So yeah, in that case, yeah, the PlayStation Studios logo for sure would be at the beginning of it. I can see that. Clowning, I can see that. Know, you know. That's it for X's and O's, Greg. Are you ready to talk about what you've been playing? I am. Well, before we do that, let me tell you about what our sponsor has been sponsoring. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. Fire up incognito mode on your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you have to, cl- even if you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you visited. That's why, even when we're at home during these times, Kind of Funny has been using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP, that's internet service provider, uh, can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with its best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Uh, Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. So, ladies and gentlemen... Protect your online activity today with the VPN Kind of Funny Trust to secure our privacy. Visit the special link at expressvpn.com slash you, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E 
ssvpn.com slash ps i love you expressvpn.com slash ps i love you to learn more and protect yourself and then we'll insert the sponsor there well, here's what sponsor's I want. Here's what been sponsoring yeah exactly yeah, i'm fucking batting a thousand all right blowing eyeballs assholes remember Whoa. <laughs> here's where i'm gonna start blessing because you thought you were out of the big topic questions I, for what yeah, you've been I, playing, I'm going to start with this question for you. Oh, another Blessing. One. Have you ever loved a video game? When you say it like that, it makes me think you're thinking of, you're it makes me think you're implying something. I don't well, I don't mean like weird creepy sexual stuff now. I mean, but okay. I mean, have you ever loved a video game more than you knew was possible? More than you knew that you loved it? Has it ever caught you off guard how much you love a game? Because I love all, you know, yeah. I've loved games my entire life, obviously. I can list yeah. a whole bunch of things and different experiences and yada, yada, yadas. This past week, I have been on an emotional roller coaster, I'll have you know, young sir, about video games, love, and the fact that I don't know what, what I'm going to have to do to my top games of all time list. All right. And not number one, God of War still there. Peace Walker still up there. You know what I mean? But as we start getting into that top five or whatever, there's just a new entry an entrant on the field here. All right. So like we talked about, we watch Ghost of Tsushima. We're like, this looks awesome. Looks a lot like Assassin's Creed. Of course, Valhalla, uh, even though we haven't seen gameplay of it, really, I thought it looked great. And they've said all the right things about it. Rap battles, of course. I mean, I can't wait to play that and fuck up England. But I was that thing of like, man, this is making me want to play some Assassin's Creed. And so I popped in Assassin's Creed Odyssey again, right? Didn't pop in. It's on my dashboard. You're silly if you have discs. Come on. And I was like, you know what? I never finished the Legacy of the First Blade DLC. Let's go in there and hack at that for a little bit. Went in there. Turned out I was one mission away from the end. I did it. Cassandra did her thing. I don't want to ruin it if you're going to play it. Got her thing. Credits. It was over. I was like, oh, fuck. I was right there. And so then I was presented with, do I want to go do the Atlantis DLC right away? Or do I want to go finally give Assassin's Creed Origins a real shot? Because as you know, when Assassin's Creed Origins originally released, I started it, played maybe an hour of it, and was just like, this isn't hitting right now. I'll get back to it. Never got back to it. Went away. Everybody loves Bayek. Everybody thinks that him and his wife are great. Everything's that game's great. And there's this big debate, obviously, if Origins or Odyssey is better, and people go back and forth all the time. So I was like, I'm in the mood for an Assassin's Creed. I'm in the mood to go in there. Let's pop in Origins and see what this is all about. I pop in Origins. I play, I, I didn't look at the game clock, but uh, you know, like if you're, if you're an origins fan in there, I mean, I, I'm working for Cleopatra. Like I've gone through, I've, I, my wife's there. I've done all the things. Uh, of course I'm playing it. And I'm like, Oh, right. Okay. This is where, this is what this is. I remember this in Odyssey. Oh, this, okay, cool. Like you see all the systems that obviously predated Odyssey, but I, I credit to Odyssey, right? Cause I'm actually in there dealing with them and seeing stuff. But the entire time I'm playing it was, and I'm learning who Bayek is, and I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong; I'm having it's Assassin's Creed. I thought the enemies could be. I thought the enemies didn't seem as not ferocious, but didn't seem as challenging, or at least on their toes as Odyssey villains uh, things were. But maybe I'm just you know whatever. I think maybe there's little changes there. Whatever it doesn't matter. Aggressive. That's a good way to put it. I'm playing through it, and I'm and I'm enjoying myself, and I'm into it, and you know I'm slicing my fucking arm up, and I'm doing I'm putting on cool outfits, and I'm running kind of stuff. But I just can't shake it. Blessing. I just can't shake it that I feel like I am cheating on my girl Cassandra because oh, I am running around knocking out these things. I'm barely getting any trophies because the trophies pay off later in Assassin's Creed, obviously. But I'm running around and I'm synchronizing viewpoints and I'm checking the boxes and I'm doing the things and I'm playing the quests and I'm enjoying it, but I just can't shake it of why should I invest time into this game 
when I'm already 100 hours into the other game? Then there's still more content for me to do. There's all this, this Atlanta stuff to do. And, but I feel like I need to play more of Origins. I need to, you know, go through it. I need to see more of it to understand the comparison. And again, Bayek is cool, but he is no Cassandra. And that's why in a fit mm. of rebellion, blessing. What did you do? I just turned off Origins and went back to Odyssey. And I just happily played fucking Odyssey all weekend long, running around Greece. This Atlanta shit's got me in fucking Elysium, doing all this crap over here. I'm synchronizing points. They changed the fucking system where... You go through and I'm upgrading my staff so I can make the moves I was already using way more powerful and shit. Ah, oh, it's so good. Ah, oh, it's so good, blessing. And Top it's the five. thing of like I knew that I loved Odyssey. I you if you're a kind of funny fan, I know you heard me what two years ago talk nonstop about Odyssey and Cassandra and all this stuff. I knew that I loved it, but goddamn, do I love it? Where like legitimately playing this one, where I was like, is Bayek like? There's something to it of even though they're so surface level. The ability to choose what Cassandra says, and I know that was a big problem with people, like it got too RPG or whatever, made me so much more connected to her story, her world, the decisions in the game than it did in Bikes. Where Bikes, I'm playing through and it's like, okay, cool, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. This is the conversation, right? To be back into Cassandra's shoes, and granted, it's an unfair comparison because, again, we're comparing 100 hours of gameplay to five or six or whatever it was I did in Origins, right? And I saw somebody today, actually, because a lot of people are replaying both of these games right now or playing it for the first time. And so there's a lot of actually interesting Twitter chatter about it and people talking. There was one guy who put it up of like one hour into Origins, like what's happening? Five hours in, okay, this is cool. 30 hours in, oh my God, this is the best couple of all time. You know, 100 hours. Like I get that like it gets deeper and deeper, but it's totally that thing of like, I get that, but I like this and I love Cassandra and I love this fucking world. And I love like when I, like, they, the spoilers a little bit, they let me play as her brother for a hot second in one cutscene. I was like, damn, like I'm actually into this thing. And like the present world shit, which I usually don't care about in the DLC. I'm like, fuck, this is actually kind of interesting. I'm into this. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know, bless. Yeah, I, I love, love that. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I love that. I love when games are a perfect storm. Like when, like, e- like you know, you could just you could describe all the different mechanics and elements yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the things that the game does right. But there's something about the way that it comes together in a way where like Odyssey and Origins, very similar games, totally. but for some reason Odyssey is just like that one that is that is sticking. Like you know, I I, I love that for you one. But yeah, like I also feel like I'm getting that a little bit from Persona Five at the same time. Where like yeah, yeah. the more and more I play, the more and more I'm like, God, I really just love this experience and I, like i don't want to stop despite having now put in like 180 hours overall uh if it's, i include my, my the time of the first game it's interesting because the way you know we're always on to the next thing we're always covering these date breaking events there's always the next big game i had forgotten and i talked about it in a, probably a games cast i guess uh back when i did the legacy of the first blade stuff there's a decision in there where it, there was a new story for sure too if you remember of for legacy of the blade to work you have to have a child and so or the original run of that DLC, the story made it happen in a way that made, in my world, Cassandra fall in love with this guy. And that didn't jive with players, right? Who were like, I, th- I've had these things. Why would she do this? I've been playing her as, you know, a, a lesbian, a gay character. Like, why would she do this kind of thing? And so they went in and they were like, you're right. Sorry, we fucked that up. They went in, did some story stuff to fix it or whatever. And I remember playing it however many years ago it was when I played that part of the DLC and talking about it on a show of like, I was of the mind that I didn't really dig this guy. Like, you know what I mean? He, he wasn't jiving for me as Cassandra. So I was like, I'm not going to actually fall in love with him. But, and this is so weird to say, for, and this is, I think, maybe my own, you know, biases of Assassin's Creed games. Uh, but so weird to say that, like, 
the acting from Cassandra was so well done that when I initially turned him down and she went off on her own and started crying, I was like, oh, fuck, like I made the wrong choice. She does love it. And I thought about reloading the save. And then he came back for something to give you that final, final decision. And I picked for her to go with him. And it was that weird thing of like, that was one of the reasons I think I was so not gung ho about doing more of the DLC is I really felt like I had like ended her story. <laughs> like there had been the happy ending credits roll for her. Right. And so like, I've totally, I talked about it and done shows about it, but had forgotten that thing. So to get back to it and like, you know, for this day and a half of the weekend, be playing nonstop pretty much really be back in that world, back in her mind and be like, Oh, right. Like th this was fucking awesome and dope. And like even seeing her now wrestling with the thing she's wrestling with in the DLC that is like setting up the lineage of all the weird Assassin's Creed shit. I barely understand because it's the, far flung past in the far flung future and then her in the middle like whatever but mm. what a fucking game bless god i just want to grind awesome. everything on and just keep going and stuff that's super awesome how how far are you from like 100 percenting it so fucking far that was my thing is like when i had finished legacy the first blade i think last week on games daily i mentioned oh i did that and like i started the atlantis stuff and yesterday i was or saturday i guess maybe it was yesterday whatever i was playing through and uh pop the trophy for like finishing the Atlantis stuff. And it's literally like, you're about to open the door to Atlantis and in your earpiece, they're like, Oh, this guy got shot or whatever. And you're like, all right, cool. It's waited. I, it, I can wait. I, it can wait a little bit longer. Pop ended it. The trophy popped. And I was like, okay, cool. That's the end of episode one for the DLC for Atlantis. And then I was like, wait, where's episode two? And I started searching around and then I went into the store and noticed I had not downloaded episode one, two or three of the Atlantis shit. And this was just like the prologue that would have ended if I had played normally and finished Legacy of the First Blade. This was going to be there for you to play to get you stoked for Atlantis. And so I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> so there's like so That's much awesome. content. There's probably another fucking 50 hours of this goddamn game. Because I was running around playing and doing the other shit last night where it's like, not even progressing the story. I'm in a new area. I'm running around doing the sync points again. I'm fighting a bunch of goddamn statues to come to life. Dynamite stuff, blessing. That's awesome. What else have you been playing? Uh, I jumped into Apex Season 5. Uh, Apex Ooh. Legends, of course. Everybody knows it. Battle Royale, first-person shooter, all that stuff. I talk about it all the time. It. Heard of it. Like, it's my game of the year last year. Um, and Season 5 just dropped, and I've, re I've really been enjoying it. Like, It's one of those things where like, like I you always wonder like what a game can add to make it feel fresh enough for you to jump back in, especially for a game like this, where as a battle Royale, I feel like after putting in so many hours into it, I'm like, okay, well I've kind of gotten all the things that I've kind of wanted out of it. Um, and, and for me, like, you know, there was a point last season where I was like, all right, like I played for another eight hours. It, it, this was, this was a fun time. I don't know. Like, like, I, I feel like I've gotten all out of Apex Legends possibly that like I've needed to really get out of it. Jumping back in it for season five, like the changes that they made to really kind of bring it back, I think have all been excellent. Like they've added a new hero um, or new legend as they're called named Loba, who like um, has like this, this great special ability where you can go into an area of the map and she has like a staff that she'll put down to the ground. And that becomes a market to where like anybody on your team can approach oh. that staff and all the items that are in that area are funneled through that staff. And so you can like then pick out like two items that you want. Um, and so you don't have to necessarily like scavenge and, and go through the entire area for, for certain awesome. items. Yeah, like really, really cool idea and really good execution on that. Um, but then she also has like another ability where like she like throws a beacon type thing and she teleports to it. Um, she's really fun for what I played with her. Like, you know, she she is easy to use, which is like the thing that I'm kind of looking for for out of out of a new, new uh, character. Like, I don't need to be pushed here. I don't need to be pushed. Yeah, like it, you know, when I my mains 
uh, right now are uh, Bloodhound and um, uh, Lifeline, you know, and like it's it's very difficult for me to kind of branch out because like those characters, I feel like are kind of all encompassing for the way that I like to play the game. And it's hard to kind of like it, I don't necessarily feel motivated to to choose any other character because I feel so, so comfortable with them. Even when they totally. add new characters, I'm like, I don't know. Like when they added Revenant, I shot a Revenant once and I was just like, yeah, I don't feel like learning uh learning a new character right now like you know revenant seems cool but not necessarily something that i want to spend time you know trying to figure out how to replay the game yeah. um, well that's the thing right i feel like that's when you talk about a game as a service an ongoing service like this right there's the different strata of players and i am like you where i find myself when i do connect with something whether it be yeah division's actually a good example yeah when I went through the division, I picked a specialization and, you know, DLC after DLC has added more and I've never tried them because I'm like, yeah. guess what? I'm here. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Like I'm not exactly. in this to relearn how to play, to earn all this shit again, to do whatever. I'm here to have fun and run the mission and get out. Like I don't want to go in and regrind and learn and figure out how all my shit works together. Yeah. Loba is a character that is a new character and I actually do want to like play her more. I do want to use her regularly. And so I think on that front, like they did such a good job of making it like making her accessible, easy to, easy to figure out. But then like the, the potential with a character feels like, you know, it feels like there's a lot there uh, in terms of she's another character that uh, they have these ultimate accelerant packs in the game that you use to like power up the ultimate for each character. Yeah. And usually like lifeline is the character that you would give all the ultimate accelerants to because lifeline is able to call down a care package as, as her ultimate. It's super useful for the entire team. Um, Loba is now one of those other characters where now like, you know, for, since her ultimate is like that black market thing, right? Like, you know, it, it it's super useful for that. And so like, you, like the small changes that they've added with, with Loba feel like they're having, large ripples in terms of how the whole game is kind of balanced out in that way which i really appreciate it's really cool uh king's canyon is also back as like the main map and they've added changes to it which seem pretty cool like mainly they've like changed two specific areas of the map um like skull town i believe which is like skull town which was like the most popular area uh in king's canyon i believe got buried and then like there's there's another area of the map that they changed up um and so like it doesn't the the changes don't necessarily feel as substantial to the map that said getting rid of skull town i guess does like vary things up a bit in a way where like i would i would i used to drop a skull town half the time when skull town was a thing <laughs> and now it's not an option for me and so like it feels fresh in that way also um That's and i've great. really been enjoying it you know I've, I've really been liking it they've been they made like a lot of small tweaks and changes switched out the massive shock shotgun for the peacekeeper which like if you play apex like you know how bonkers that's that sounds to anybody else you're like all right, all right. but but you know for me like now the massive has become one of my one of my main guns uh which is awesome but uh, i'm playing that having a great time with it persona 5 royal of course been continuing on with it i'm about 60 hours now and i've actually reached a point because i finished the fourth palace and i'm about to start i'm about to start getting into the events of the fifth palace okay here's the, here's the thing greg here's for you I, I, my, my weekly update on how many hours you in one cat go ahead for you and for people who listen to the show this might come as a surprise you might want to strap in you might you might want to grab something i'm thinking about taking a break oh i'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about taking oh, a break man. not because like there's anything wrong with persona 5 role i've been having an absolute fantastic time with it just admit, but you're done. Because, it's over because I'm at a point in the game where there's kind of a lull, like it's things are kind of chill right now. Like it's kind of a good like 
like as I've been playing the game, I realized that early June, because Persona works on a calendar, early June was very eventful and very much like like things were happening in early June. Now I'm in <laughs> I would say like August. Things were <laughs> things were happening in June. I'm in August now, and yeah. I'm at a point in the story where it's like things are about to happen, but like right now, for where I'm at, things are very like calmed down. It's almost like a halfway point of the story where it's like it almost feels it almost feels like a mid season finale, like okay. after the fourth okay. battle. It's like that's kind okay. of that's kind of the best way I can I can describe it. Where like I have closure for where I'm at right now, and things are about to start, but I don't necessarily need to need to start those things up right now. And the reason why I might the reason why I'm thinking about taking this break. Is because Last of Us Part Two is coming June seventeenth, June nineteenth, June nineteenth, July seventeenth is Koshima. Um, yeah, very confusing. <laughs> yeah, which means like we're probably gonna get codes at a certain point for Last of Part so. Two. I've not yet sure. played Last of Us Part One, like up to this lead up to Last of Us mm. Part Two. Like I've pl- mm. I've beaten Last of Us One twice uh, since its release, but yeah, I've not yeah, yeah. like I've not had my time with it recently. Totally. And I'm thinking I, I'm I'm gonna take a break from Persona Five to jump in to Last of Us One and beat it again. That's my current plan. I'll report in next week to see how that goes because who knows? I might I might relapse and get back in Persona. <laughs> but but for where I'm at right now, I might take a break, jump into Last of Us, uh, you know, get into Last of Us Two when that comes out, and then maybe come back to Persona later in the summer. That's, I was having this conversation with him today. Uh, we we're shooting the shit, doing some work stuff. And it was that conversation of like, he's like, yeah, I'm playing through it again right now. And I'm like, fuck, I know I just did the the uh, full playthrough with Nick. But it was like, Nick was playing, which, you know, that I'm running the chat. I'm doing this. We're talking about beans. We're fucking around. Like, I, w- I feel like I might, I'd like to go through and do one as well. But then I look at the schedule and like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to, but my concern is what if I start it and only get halfway through and then it's like, oh, that's like a long time. That's also a, a thing for me too, but like, I, I, I figure I might as well try and see. It, it went fast even for us doing the Let's Play, right? Where it was three hour yeah. chunks and we were done it in what, six times, five times? Yeah, six yeah, times. Yeah, and that's, and that's my thing. Like, it's it's a fairly like, I mean, not quick game, but like, quick it's, enough, right? It's quick enough, right? It's a doable thing, you know, to play, to beat this game in like a week or two. Yeah. Very doable thing. And I feel like once I'm in it, like, that'll be it like i'll i'll be in it in it and so that's the plan um godspeed I'll, i also played some infamous first light which we both oh. we both did i uh, played infamous first light yeah. so did if you, you remember last week ladies and gentlemen uh somebody wrote in they were like hey i'm about to come up on my hundredth or was it hundredth or first platinum i forget which one it was 75th they were coming up on a milestone platinum. i, I want to say 50th Hold on, I'm gonna open up the old document because we'll give credit to it. Where credit's due. Hold on. I'm putting my money on fifty. You're putting money on fifty? Yeah, yeah. I want to say I'm gonna say seventy-five. Hold on. These shows are big. They get bigger. We call it. Scroll down. Scroll. 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 And last week, fiftieth. Yes. Fuck. Lee was coming up on his fiftieth. Muppet lead. Uh. And, and he wanted to know what would be a good... Oh, actually, hold on. Control shift T. Uh, Liam was coming up on his 50th Platinum Trophy last last week. He asked us, hey, what should I Platinum? Remember, uh, I don't have all the time in the world. I, you know, I have a life here or whatever. Liam's exact thing was... You name the game, either a PlayStation 4 or Vita, and I'll do it. I only asked that it has no stupid multiplayer trophies. I have no friends. And it doesn't take 100 hours to beat as I have a 20-month-old daughter and limited time. Other than that, any game, any genre. I'm opening up Muppet Lead. Uh, so we, what we said was we just gotten done with our whole, hey, everybody, let's talk about um, what we should do for 
Uh, oh, well, let's talk about PS Plus games. If they've gotten better, if they've gotten worse, what are hidden gems? And we mentioned, of course, the fact that Infamous First Light was indeed uh, uh, something you could have gotten if you had gone out and done it uh, via uh, PS Plus. I'm happy to report that, in fact, yes, Muppet Lee did it. Uh, right here, Infamous First Light is his uh, trophy right there. I see a platinum trophy is done. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, his noble achievement. Here it is. I'm on psnprofiles.com, of course. 50th platinum. He got two days ago. The noble achievement in Infamous wow. First Light. Uh, when we said this, we were like, you know what? I stopped early because I didn't like the challenge rooms. I'll come back. Bless was like, I enjoyed it too. And we're like, it's homework. Everybody go out there. Try to get the Infamous First Light platinum. So many of you did. Tweeted us your photos. Yeah. Thank you very much. A lot of people did. Over here, meanwhile, I turned it on and went into it. And I was like, oh, right. I really fucking hate these challenge rooms. Like, I just don't think they are fun at all. And so what I did was jump in there, not know how to fucking play the game, be like annoyed. Then I was like, okay, wait, I have open world challenges left to do. Went back, ran around saving hostages, blowing up APCs, this fetch, having a great time, just loving that open world. And I was like, cool, I'm back in the swing of it now. I'm going to go back to the challenge rooms. And I went back to the challenge rooms and I was like, man, I fucking hate this. I hate yeah, not just being able to play the game. I, I I came into Infamous to play in an open world and do crimes and be a superhero. And here I am in Augustine's stupid fucking rooms fighting these electric dudes. And I quit. I was just like, you know what? It's either, it's one of those things where I can sit here and I can make it happen and I can j- struggle through and I can hate my weekend. <laughs> I can hate every night not doing this or I can go be Cassandra and have a great time. And I said, I'm going to go be Cassandra. Yeah, I had literally the exact same experience where I jumped into it. And I think I mentioned on the show last week that, like, you know, I, I remember liking the challenge rooms from Infamous First Light. And so when I hopped into the game, I cleared out the the open world stuff that I had remaining. And then, like, I made it uh, I made it to a point where, like, my remaining trophies all could pretty much be done by doing challenge rooms. And I switched over to the challenge rooms and I was very excited to do it, uh, to jump in and start and start knocking them out. And then, yeah, like, as I played, I was like... I think I like the challenge rooms because challenge rooms because I wasn't trying for the trophies. Like yeah. now I'm actually trying for the scores. Like I am very frustrated trying to play these things. Yeah. Especially in, I think honestly my main complaint is that there's not like a solid health bar. Like it the the way the health is determined is that sure. like it does a thing where it fades out color. Uh, and so like the more black and white it gets the the more the more close you are to death. And at at there are so many points where like I I kind of had a question like really that's the last like that's that's the the hit that like killed me that's the bullet yeah. that killed me like really that one um and at a certain point that just got way too frustrating for me and i was like nope i'm not i'm not doing this like yeah no i'm not making it happen liam wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hey greg and blessing after riding in last week with my psn and subsequently getting my 50th platinum trophy in infamous first light i found it interesting to hear that you tried to go back after it uh after doing it uh but the challenge rooms bounced you out I couldn't click with them earlier. I couldn't click with them either at first. After enjoying the fantastic little story and open world traversal, the waves of demon assholes was a little bit of a come down. Despite this, I had fun with it, enjoyed getting the plat. My question is, though, uh, have you ever had games you've really enjoyed, but when you decide to go for the plat and there are specific trophies or maybe modes that you are forced to go through that kill it for you and stop you from getting in? Uh, real quick, Liam, shout out for being the guy. Of course, th- this is you. I just went dug through the fucking files to find you from last week. You're right here is the question I picked. I didn't realize that you were the the guy. I just thought, oh, yeah, this guy also got the first light because a bunch of people wrote in about the first light platinum. Anyway, shout out to you, Liam. Um, I mean, outside of Infamous First Light, which, again, is a game I really fucking dug that I wanted to do it. There's tons of games that I think the platinum sucks at and I, or it just isn't stuff I want to do. And I mean... I know I've talked about it, and we'll be very interested to see in the coming weeks how it nets out for the sequel, but the Last of Us trophy list I hated. 
God, I hated that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what a great game. And I didn't not, I just didn't want to play multiplayer. It's back to this where I understand, first off, a lot of people love Last of Us multiplayer. I'm not trying to say it's bad. It's just not what I wanted from that game. And so it is that idea of, in the same way, First Light, wow, this story's great. And I love running around Seattle. Now go into these challenge rooms and shoot these fuckers. Okay, like, I guess. But that's not why I play this game. I, I hate it when there's a trophy list and there's a game that is the main game. And then all of a sudden that way it wants you to do something that isn't it. It's why it's so interesting with last of us trophy list that I thought uncharted trophy list did so well, especially when they introduced multiplayer of it wasn't get to level 100 or whatever in multiplayer. It was play a match of de- team death match, play a math, uh, ta- play a match of whatever the fuck. Right. And then mm. DLC added in all sorts of stuff. If you wanted to play more of the multiplayer, go for it, but you could get the platinum without having to like multiplayer. That's how it should be. What's the core of your game? Let's make the trophy list around that and then give you little things to go do. But our things of try this will usher you into it. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake will will always be kind of my my answer for this as far as like a game where like I would have platinum this game if they didn't have like this one trophy. And it is like the fact that I have to beat that game on hard mode, which isn't which isn't unlocked until yeah. after you beat the game on normal mode. Um, and the hard mode just being just uh very difficult <laughs> like it be like it being like truly hard right like you not being able to use i think items um like healing items which is like a thing that i was very much relying on during my normal playthrough uh made me not want to chase it even though like i i really wanted to spend time with it like i really wanted to like play that game past where i beat it but yeah the trophies weren't like the, the trophies weren't the thing that were going to keep me in that in that game because yeah i, can, I know that i'm i'm Though, you know, fun thing about trophies is that everybody has an opinion about them. And like outside of, I don't even give a shit about trophies if you're one of those people and you're wrong. But like for me, especially, yeah, the, hey, replay the game on the hardest difficulty. Hey, grind your face. You know what I mean? Like that's shit I hate doing. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, for back in the day, right on PS3, Ghostbusters, the video game had a bunch of bullshit multiplayer trophies, some of which were glitched. And I started trying and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. It's too random. When they announced it for PS4 remastered, I was like, fuck yeah, no multiplayer. Let's go. And then I looked into, I started playing the game on the fucking hard mode and literally like couldn't get, I, I kept dying at the part where you're like walking up to the state puff marshmallow man. Like you're walking down this block of New York and you're just getting fucked up by ghosts. I was like, this isn't fun. Like, I don't want to do this because it's not fun. And like, I've look, since looked at like a, a, a trophy guides online. And I guess there's a, a, a workaround to where you can play the game and then come back and through level slot. And it's just like, even that just doesn't sound fun. I don't, I like that hmm. game, right? I love that game. Like, I don't want to play that game and be fucking annoyed with it and hate my experience with it and grind it out and be annoyed at the very end of it. Yeah. That's my exact same thing too. Um, especially as somebody who like, I'm not necessarily a trophy hunter, um but if i really enjoy a game and i want to play more of it that's when i start thinking about getting the platinum and yeah like that's how i got the platinum in shadow of mordor that's how it happened for spider-man um and for most of the trophies i've gotten and so like for final fantasy 7 remake which is a game that like i very much wanted to do it in the fact that like i looked at that trophy list and was like no i'm good that that to me is not a good trophy list yeah uh outside of first light the other thing i'm supposed to be playing is pong quest on playstation 4 of course my game for 104 psn games ranked if you don't remember ladies and gentlemen of course each week uh bless and i read through the drop on the blog we tell you what's coming this week and we each pick a different psn game to play then we report back the next week and rank the games in one ridiculous list that you can keep up with on kind of funny.com slash 104 list the rules are simple we can't pick the same game we can't pick something that's triple a and it can't be something we're going to play anyway right now the top 10 look like this number one telling lies number two john wick hex number three streets 
Saints of Rage 4. Number four, Under Night in Birth EXE. Number five, Round Guard. Number six, Darwin Project, which development's no longer happening on. Number yeah. seven, uh, Hidden Through Time. Number eight, Kamiko. Number nine, Foxy Land 2. Number 10, Snakey Bus. Uh, I, of course, like I said, picked last week uh pong quest a game where it's pong but it's an rpg and shockingly it just did not come out really it just didn't come out it's listed on the blog for may 15th on may 15th it did not come out i checked this morning it had not come out when you check right now on pong quest ps4 it is not out and i have seen nothing the playstation blog usually goes through and it'll put a strike through uh through the line and be like oh this game you know didn't come out or it's been delayed or you'll see it slip to the next week nothing there's That's been no fine. word about where Pong Quest is. I think I'm the only person probably in the world looking for Pong Quest right now. But Pong Quest MIA. And I noticed wow. it uh, over the weekend when I was like, oh, I got to get my PSN game. I never got because I requested a review code and never got anything back. I was like, oh, I'll just go buy it. Never saw anything about it. And by that point, I was too into Assassin's Creed. So I was like, you know what? Pong Quest gets to just hang out. If Pong Quest is now a nebulous, whenever I see it come to the PSN, I will do it and put it into my games played and rank it for you. But for now, nothing I can do. Plus, I tried. That's really funny what what uh you had 104 psn game from last week what'd you get uh i got hunt down which what a fantastic game uh i want to read the description here yeah dude it's fantastic uh the description they have on the ps blog which we read like last week but i want to read it again to like paint a picture for people right like um the blurb says this in the in the mayhem filled streets of the future where criminal gangs rule and cops fear to tread only the bounty hunters can free the city from the corrupt fist of felony lay waste to the to the criminal underworld and make a killing in this hard-boiled action comedy arcade shooter um to basically boil it down right to, to paint an illustration right think a, a 2d side-scrolling super nintendo era shooter where basically in each level you're you're taking down like a a gang leader that's like it's very the warriors vibe if you've watched the warriors right where like each of the gangs has like a specific like thing has has a specific style has a specific name um each gang has like a leader uh that you're trying to take out and so basically in this game you're going from level to level uh playing these these shorter uh these, these shorter 2d shooter levels uh taking out like gangs and all this stuff right but then getting to the end um which like it's like a like probably like three or four minutes per level you get to the end and at the end of each level is a boss fight we're taking out like that main bounty the main villain and it is super fun right like it's it akin cool. to Walk things like right yeah i'm trying to think of what to like compare it to because like contra comes to mind but like contra you're more like you don't really have health that like that much health in contra right it's, like contra is more so like a one shot and you and you lose a life kind of thing whereas this game is very much like all you and all the characters are more beefy in in, in terms of health um and there's very much like an 80s action comedy vibe going on sure um the game has an excellent soundtrack has uh excellent presentation the the uh, 16-bit pixel art looks dope and yeah like the thing the thing that i think for me really brought this game together is that like mechanically it's super solid like it's it basically has uh cover-based shooter mechanics in this 2d setup and so like there are there are there are walls or they're like alleys and they're like um uh like crevices that you can hide behind to in order to like dodge bullets there are boxes that'll be in a level they can duck under in order to dodge bullets Uh, and so it's basically like a a a third person cover shooter in that sense but in 2d uh I guess a second person cover shooter. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, 
but like that stuff worked really well the uh-huh. there's like there are voice lines that are super awesome and super entertaining like the game has such a great sense of humor and it knows exactly what it is and it's like not afraid to kind of like be quirky and, and kind of fun within that um each of the bosses that i thought had had their own gimmick right like one of the bosses had like a was like a rocket launcher kind of dude and, and that was like his primary thing is like you know i've I can't remember any of the names because they're all ridiculous, but like his name will be like Blow Up Man, for example. And he's like <laughs> he's like the boss of the he's like the boss of the blow up gang. And like they're all about rocket launchers. And then you get to the next level and it's like, all right, this is uh th- this is like the baseball, use the baseball grunts, and all like the, the gang is themed after like baseball. And then you get to the boss and he has like a baseball bat and like you know, he has like a baseball themed like move set. Um they they do such a good job like making each moment kind of interesting in that way and like intru- introducing like you know new new enemies new stuff continually like you know as a game like it's super fun super solid honestly i'd recommend anybody check it out and try it out like i was su- i was surprised by how much fun i had with it all right well where do you want to rank it i'm putting it above darwin project for sure okay which puts it puts it at least at number f- uh 6 and so then I don't think I'm going to put it above Undernight and Birth EXE okay. late clear. And so I guess the question for you is, where do you, how do you feel like it stacks up against Round Guard in terms of the way I've talked about it? You sold me on it more than Round Guard. I think I think I got Round Guard's a really fun, you know, uh, Peggle game with the RP or the roguelike mechanics or whatever, and is you know cool. But like Round Guard was, I think I even said like, oh yeah, I had a great time with it, and I could see me coming back to it. I haven't been back to it. Now granted, there's been other things to play, but like in the same way, like I. I'm going to get back to John Wick Hex, right? Like I want to chip mm-hmm. away at that. Like Hunt Down, you have me excited to actually try. Yeah. And Hunt Down is a game I would like legitimately like, you know, in this segment or not, I would say, yo, people should check this out because this game is actually like really fun. Um yeah, like it's 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 excellent. All right. Well, blessing. The date is in fact, as we record, May 18th, meaning that you get to pick the next game. So are you ready to read the drop? I am ready. I will start. Out this week on the PlayStation Network is a fold apart on PlayStation 4 Digital. Uh, In a world of folding paper, there are two sides to every story. After career choices force them along separate paths, a teacher and architect vow to make their long-distance relationship work at any cost. Experience both sides of their story as the couple navigates the complexities of miscommunication and the emotional ups and downs that separation brings. Concept Destruction is coming to PS4 Digital. Uh, Concept Destruction is all about driving miniature cars made of cardboard and crashing them into into each other to earn points by destroying them. Pick from several different modes that suit your playstyle. Pick Championship Mode if you want to fight your way through mass production or choose Survival Mode to see how long you can survive a wave of deadly cardboard cars. Dungeon of the Endless comes to PlayStation 4 digitally. Dungeon of the Endless is the award-winning roguelike dungeon defense game in which you and your team of heroes must protect the generator of your crashed ship while exploring an ever-expanding dungeon, all while facing waves of monsters and special events as you try to find your way out. Fault Milestone is coming to PS4 Digital uh, out May 22nd. Fault is a series of science fantasy cinematic novels using a unique 3D camera system for a visually immersive reading experience. Follow Selphine, the bubbly princess, and her sharp-witted royal guardian, Rotona, on their journey of a lifetime back to their homeland of Rugsenhide, which I've said before on the drop, and so I don't know if this is like a a new entry or if this is like a real over. I don't know. You're right. I do remember Rugsenhide. Maybe just time. So this quarantine is so flat of a time circle now. We're just saying. <laughs> we, yeah, we've now repeated. 
Uh, Flexteria comes to PlayStation 4 digitally. Welcome to Flexteria. Non-stop arcade space shooting action in full 3D. Four modes of play. Story mode, survival mode, time to mode attack, and obstacle race mode. Uh, 14 different types of enemies. 20 different levels and beautifully stylized science fiction setting. <laughs> crystal clear shooting and blasting sound effects. Heart thumping music. 14 is a very accurate number, but I appreciate it. It's just a fact sheet. It's just a fact sheet. 14 different enemies. Uh, Golf with your friends coming to PS4 Digital. Uh, Why have friends if not to play golf? With your friends, nothing is out of bounds as you take on nine courses filled with fast-paced, exciting, simultaneous mini-golf for up to 12 players. Gorn comes to PlayStation 4 digitally. Gorn is a ludicrous, ludicrously violent VR gladiator simulator. Savagely strike down an infinite supply of poorly animated opponents with all manner of weapons, from swords, maces, and bows to nunchucks, throwing knives, massive two-handed warhammers, or even your blood-soaked bare hands. Gunman Clive HD Collection is coming to PS4 digital out May 22nd. Jump and shoot your way across across diverse and challenging levels and fight massive bosses. Gunman Clive is an old-school side-scrolling action platform game set in the Old West. Bring out your inner cowboy and get ready for some, gun, for some real gunslinger action. Maneater is out on PlayStation 4 digitally and retail May 22nd. Experience the ultimate power fantasy as the apex predator of the seas, a terrifying shark. Maneater is a single-player open-world action RPG, shark PG is how they put it, where you are the shark. Devour nutrients to grow and evolve far beyond what nature intended. Become a massive shark, an apex predator of legend of legends, to get revenge on the cruel fishermen that dismembered you. Eat, explore, evolve. Mech Extermination Force is out for PS. Is coming out for PS4 Digital. A uh, battle against massive bosses. Jump and climb onto them to find their weak spots and blow blow them to kingdom come in this action-packed platforming boss rush from the creator of the Gunman Clive series. What? What did Gunman Clive's like fucking exclusivity just expire? What a throwback. Monstrum is on PlayStation 4 digitally out May 22nd. Uh, set on a derelict cargo ship, you have to outsmart, outsmart one of Monstrum's terrifying predators as you try to escape. With a procedurally generated environment and permadeath, it's up to you and your wits to stay alive or start over against another monster. Good luck. Start running. Set in the Gunman Clive universe. Saints Row the Third Remastered. Well, actually, that's AAA, so I'd probably just get that, that one. But Saints, Saints Row the Third, Third Remastered, remastered that coming out. Uh, Superhero X PS4 uh, Digital out May 18th. Superhero X is the only 2.5D create your own fight, fighter fighting game of its kind with a free flow combat uh, combo system, a unique three point evasive countering system, and the ability to mix and match fighting styles with power ups to create your own original characters. I had to check because it's like. Superhero X sounds like it's <laughs> up my alley. When you put Superhero It'll... X into Google, you get this phonics learn to read Superhero X. Oh, and I think I might have found it here. Oh my god, no! Superhero X also very much seems up my alley too. Oh, no. so don't maybe don't get your, your hopes up because I might. Oh, I might scoop okay. that up. Okay, no, Kevin, looking... do not don't show anything about it. I'm seeing the phonics though right don't now. Show any, don't show Don't look. Stop looking. Uh, Trailmakers comes to PlayStation 4 digitally. It's out May 21st. Uh, build a car, a plane, a boat, or maybe a car plane boat. With Trailmakers Intuitive Builder, it is easy as snapping together real building blocks. Take your machines on dangerous exploration missions, breakneck rally races, or go to the sandbox and build that hovercraft you always dreamt about. And then lastly, the Wonderful 101 remaster is coming to PS4, which I don't think counts. So I think I don't think Wonderful 101 needs any 
uh, people know Wonderful 101 that you should play yeah. it probably. I liked it on Wii and I never played it on Wii or Wii U. So I'm hopeful to play it here. Uh, Blessing. What up? This is your what? day. So wait, what's the word with Superhero X? Is it bad or good? I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. Hold on. I'm no, do that. not do it. Don't do it. <laughs> because it sounds really cool. And it do sounds it like something I want to play. Do, please, please pick it then and let me show you after you pick it. Because <laughs> maybe it's going to be great. You don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, man. Because it's a fight. It might also not be the same thing. It might not be the same thing. I'm going Superhero X. I'm choosing Beautiful. it. Because like the, the 2.5D create her own fighter fighting game. Uh, with a free flow com- combo system, a unique three point evasive countering system, an yeah. ability to mis- mismatch great, fighting right? styles. Sounds like a real and winner. A superhero. Can, please show him. Please show him. Oh, this no. is what have again, I done? This is I don't know if this is really the game, but it's the only superhero X video game <laughs> thing I can find. Which <laughs> this is can't be it. Superhero X fighting game Android gameplay is what it says here from the Android, and if you, it is Wolverine's body, including the claws, with Batman's head, and it looks. <laughs> awful oh my god <laughs> well i mean it makes sense right it's a, it's a 2.5 d uh superhero fighting game and it also makes sense because the the art is so terrible yeah i i got oh excited god. of course superhero in the title superhero x but then it's just the word superhero with a giant x behind it yeah the the title art doesn't seem very promising but yeah no, looking at the gameplay i understand why you wouldn't have a screenshot of, of the game I mean, I can't um, like this is one you might have lucked out on because eventually somebody at PlayStation is going to listen to this show and look into this game. And be like, we can't publish this. That's <laughs> Batman with Wolverine's body. Someone will stop us, right? That's really funny. I can't wait to play as Batman though. With yeah, Wolverine's body, you know, free flow combat. Um, I'm gonna pick Man Eater. Oh, this nice. is one I know Snowbike Mike is all about Man Eater. Uh, this is one Jonathan Dornbush picked actually in the uh, league for the PSI Love You XOXO Fantasy yeah, Critic games. So Which I'm excited to get on that. Huh? When's the last time we checked out that league? That's actually what we're doing next. That's actually oh. the segment to it. You know what I mean? So Man Eater's my pick. Um, you're picking Superhero X because you love yeah. Punishment. And I also yeah. want to shout out. I want to shout out Gorn, which is that PSVR game because I've I. Forever ago, I watched a Funhouse Let's Play of it where they're probably playing it on Oculus or something. Sure. And it seems actually like a pretty fun experience. So shout out to Gorn. And then a Fold Apart also. I've heard good things about. Fold Apart, if you remember, I warned you. I played it and I didn't like it. Oh. I played it on Switch, remember? And I brought it up on what I had been playing oh, yeah. or whatever. And yeah, I was yeah. like, whatever. Granted, maybe uh, it's just not for me. But it's like the folding puzzles I didn't dig. I did see somebody else on Twitter talking it up. But yeah, yeah then I remember like then immediately hearing you say that you didn't like it. And so... I'll, it'll be interesting to see how it runs because I was playing it on Switch and it didn't look good or run well. So, like, is it going to be fine on PS4 or is it going to be a bad port and not do it as well? Who knows? Uh, but as you bring up, yes, ladies and gentlemen, a long time ago, uh, we had our friends Geo, of course, now of Predator Hunting Grounds, Ilphonic, uh, Jonathan Dornbush, Podcast Beyond, and Callie from the one and only GameSpot. Come by and do the fantasy critic thing. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash PS League to see what's happening. Uh, it's a segment where we all went over to fantasycritic.games, which you can do. Uh, made a fantasy draft for video games where we could all draft games that weren't remakes or remasters, weren't already out in some early access form, and then see who uh, would actually net out here in the end. So as we jump in here to update it, there's actually been a lot of movement, Bless, because we haven't been in here in a while. Right now, we actually have points on the board. So in first place at the moment is Geo with Big Belly Games. He currently has 29.53 points. Uh, Callie's behind him with 18.05. You, Blessing, are there in third place, 15.41. I am uh, in fourth place with 8.03. And then Dornbush has a big goose egg on the game. Of course, what happens is the, as the games get reviewed, you get points for how, how, how 
how uh, many points above 70 they are, or you lose points based on how uh, many uh, below 70 they are. That makes sense, right? Yeah. On top of that, we have a budget of $100 that we can spend on drafting games throughout the years. They get announced or whatever we want to do. Right now, both Gio and Cali have not touched their $100. Yeah. Probably not thinking about this after they left. I was going to say, what are the chances that you think they remember that they did they did this? I'm more impressed that Dornbush has been making moves. You have 95 bucks, Dornbush has 95 bucks, and I have $98. Yeah. Um, however, looking at, I want to give you some where the points are coming from, right? So right now, I have one game that's reviewed. It's Blood Roots. It had a 78, so that got me my eight points. Meanwhile, uh, you, Blessing, have two games on the board. Uh, Neo 2 earned you 15 points. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive will not release, according to this, and gave you zero points. Wait, what? I'm just, I'm just, re- I'm only, I'm just telling you what, what a I'm way reading. to receive that news. Just I'm, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, Callie, with her first pick, took uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That earned her 18 points because it has an 88 on Open Credit right now. However, she is a zero for Skull and Bones, which apparently won't release this year either. Um, yeah. And then where it gets interesting, of course, Geo in the lead right now because he's had the most games released. Geo only has two more games right now that could earn him points. He has a total of 30. Here's where it breaks down. Doom Eternal earned him 19 points with an 89. Uh, Resident Evil 3 has nine points for him with a 79. Because life isn't fair. And the as you all know, as I've said for years, gaming journalists are bought and paid for and suck. Predator Hunting Grounds has a 57, which is ridiculous and bullshit. I digress. On uh, Open Critic right now. Uh, Miller, you're cutting out a lot. He unplugged his microphone. Oh. To be dramatic oh, or... Can oh yeah, he was us? very upset about the. Um, yeah, exactly. He was very upset about Predator Hunting oh. Grounds, which I understand. Seven, which means it's negative thirteen points. Yeah, you goddamn right. You have fun with this game. This game you made a fifty-seven bless. I came very close to choosing this as my counter pick, and now I regret it. I didn't want to choose it in front of Gio Corsi because here's the thing: I understand. <laughs> I understand how unfair, unfair the the video game media industry is. Yeah. I I I didn't want to. I did. I didn't want Gio Corsi to 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 feel that in his face, though. You know. But now, uh, I- yeah, he, he should have obviously. He, who knew nobody had taste? The Simon Cardi kid yeah. of IGN never played a fucking video game that ain't fucking Overwatch. Oh, I heard all he plays is Overwatch. Coward. Uh, however, Geo picked Streets of Rage four as well. Actually, getting that at a steal at number five. It was his fifth pick. Uh, he earned fourteen points off that, so that's how he got to thirty in Geo's roster. He still has to Marvel's Avengers and Ghostwire Tokyo, and I would not hold my breath for Ghostwire Tokyo, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then Dornbush. Uh, has zero points on the board, but since we, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through his entire list of games because I actually forget where it picks up that he got new stuff. He has Ghost of Tsushima, Watch Dogs Legion, the Batman game from Montreal, Spelunky 2, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Psychonauts 2, Little Nightmares 2, Maneater, The Pathless, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for a Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, and Destroy All Humans. He only oh. has two roster slots left there, so right now zero points on the board, but. You imagine Ghost of Tsushima, a great pick. Uh, Valhalla, a great pick. Maneater, like I said, I've heard good buzz about it. So I think it, more on people were reviewing it. One. SpongeBob. Yeah, it's interesting how this is all going to net out. Yeah. Did you see that I had some uh, new picks? Yeah, well, I don't know when you added them, though. So Blessing's roster looks like this right now. Cyberpunk 2077, Iron Man VR, Neo 2, which is, again, earned him 15 points. Uh, Lego Star Wars, the Star Star. Skywalker, Skywalker. Uh, Tales of Arise, Metal or Guilty Gear Strive, zero points, uh, not releasing. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Call of Duty 2020 unannounced, Babylon's Fall, Mortal Shell, Mortal Shell, and Ghost Runner. Yeah, so the the two new ones are Mortal Shell and Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner I got literally this last week, I want to say. 
Um, and that was because like there was a demo that dropped for it on PC, and people seemed to receive that super well. And that game's coming coming out to PS4 uh, later this year, and so. There you go. Be on the lookout for that. I appreciate you out there making moves. Yeah. I think the only thing I've added, I forget how many, we had five or six when we started this. Six. Oh, I think, right? Six. All I've done, I added Outriders to mine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that thing where we're in this weird holding pattern. Let's see what, you know, the launch lineups look like for Xbox and PlayStation 5. Let's see what we got going on. Or I guess PlayStation 5. Let's see what the yeah. launch lineup looks for PlayStation 5. See what's going to close that's, that's the big thing for me is that I was nervous trying to pick anything before E3. Yeah. But I figure with like, with the lockdown now, I'm like, well, everything is kind of up in the air. I might as well, like, you know, pick some, like, I might as well pick up Ghost Runner, you know, because I know, like, well, I don't know it's going to be 2020, but it has a date on it still. It hasn't been pushed yet. Like, I imagine there's some confidence if they're, if they're releasing a demo. And so yeah. I might as well start, like, you know, claiming things now before it's too late. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Again, you can keep up with us on the show, obviously, but if you want a more up-to-the-minute thing, kindoffunny.com slash PSLeague, we can see how it all shakes on down. Well, I got Minecraft Dungeons coming up soon, too. Yeah, wait, do I? I didn't say that. No, I didn't, oh, I didn't read my list. That's why I'm confused by it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm yep. excited. Last of Part 2. It's going to be a, gonna make a big splash, probably. Uh, yeah, my number one pick. Let's see how that goes. See how we net out there, because I am I have a lot of my berries in that basket. You know what I mean, Kevin? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a segment here called PSN Profiles, where we go and look at your PlayStation trophies, decide if you are worthy of our claps or our claps in the bad way, because you have claps in good ways. You know what I mean? Wait, what? <laughs> the claps in the bad uh, way? You go to oh, patreon.com oh, slash kind of funny games. <laughs> you can go to kind of funny patreon.com slash kind of funny games give us your uh psn profile name we'll read it here along with your little story and see what's going on today probably oliver wrote in uh probably oliver's uh psn name is probably oliver probably oliver says what's good greg and bless i'm submitting my profile for this week's trophy dive and i'd say it's kind of topical infamous first light was my first ever platinum and it awakened something inside me I'm now sitting on 79 of those beautiful platinum lads with some uh, of the proudest ones being Bloodborne, GTA 5, Doom, and the Pr Crash Bandicoot remake trilogy. I also have a bunch of trash platinums. Thanks, Greg. Uh, including Storm Boy, which might be literally the worst game I've ever played. I 100% recommend it to anyone and everyone. I don't know what Storm Boy is. Kevin, can you? Yeah, I've never heard of Storm Boy. I'm going to keep going through his trophies here. Can you find me some uh, that Storm Boy? You know it, boss. Thank you. I want to see what his other seven. So he did the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, Resident Evil 3, Doom Eternal, Control, Medieval, Assassin's Creed Revelations, Fallen Order, uh, Disney Classic Games, Aladdin, and uh, uh, The Lion King. That can't be easy. Final Fantasy VIII, Far Cry 3, Division 2, Storm Boy. What the hell is Storm Boy? I usually know shitty Platinums. The, interest, the, the thing that's interesting to me about their profile is that they didn't have a PSN apparently until October 2014. Oh, wow. Which is like, you know, I, I guess for me as somebody like that had a PS3, it, it's 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 shocking to me to see that like, yeah, they didn't have a they didn't start gaining trophies until October, but they might have had an Xbox. Who knows? Um, right, so Looking here, the Storm Boy trailer, two best friends. Oh, geez. <laughs> Running on the beach. We got a pelican. Yeah, it's a pelican and a dude. Explore the South Australian coastline. Oh, water. it doesn't look terrible. Yeah, I'm surprised. Not that I mean, you know. Obviously, the game's going to be bad and look good, but I mean, it doesn't look great. Oh, look, he's a friend with the Pelican, though. This actually looks pretty. Colin Field, Storm Boy the Game, November 20, PlayStation 4. All right. Um, He's got the Stick of Truth in here. He's got Jack and Daxter. He's got the right. Well, 
He's got the good ones. He, uh, in the, here's the first one I see. Tales from the Borderlands pop up. I'm surprised you don't have more of the garbage uh, uh, Telltales. Just play through it. Oh, got the volume what? platinum. Very nice. Mike Biffle, what up? Yeah, the but the infamous first light. The witness in a week and two days. That's actually really impressive. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate this, and I applaud you, and I'm glad, probably, Oliver, that you started it all with Infamous First Light, a game that me and Blessing were like, nah. <laughs> you do your thing, Sucker Punch, but we don't want these challenge rooms in the least. <laughs> Stick to what we like about the game. Hope you don't have challenge rooms in that. Now, Blessing. Actually, that'd be cool. Sorry, I'm thinking of those challenge rooms. No, do not do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. It's all like, in the open world. Just keep it there. All right? Just keep it in the open world. Like, Let me have some fun. What if it's like a challenge chamber? Where like you go underground as Jin, and like like a mercenary uh, like fighting arena. Yeah, something I'll like that. that. I'll take that. That's not bad because then I'm just using the stuff I've learned. That's fine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is PS. I love you, XOXO. Remember, each and every week. Nope, that's wrong. Wrong show. Each and every week, we come to you uh, with all the PlayStation news you care about. We talk about it. It's just one big nerdy not session about PlayStation. Obviously, a lot to do that with PlayStation Five. Uh, everything's happening on PlayStation Four. Last of Us, uh, Ghost, uh, Iron Man VR. We're stoked and we're happy you're along for the ride. Remember, you can of course be part of the show and support us. Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. You can watch live as we record it. You can ask us questions. You can get the exclusive post show we are about to do. However, if you no bucks toss our way, it's no big deal. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morning. Now, blessing. Of course, this show volume two of PS. I love you. XO XO only exists because we hired you and you said you want to do this show again this morning. You asked me something about a segment that's been gone for a long time. Do You want to take it from here? Yeah, man, I I hit you up and asked if you'd like to bring back singing to Shuhei in in any form because that was a segment that you know during the first uh, iteration of PS Love You that was like a segment that I, I really appreciated because it kind of allowed the audience to be creative and to submit their own their own content. Uh, right. Shuhei, if they don't know. Yeah, if you're unfamiliar, right at the end of each show, uh, you guys would play a song from the audience, a song that somebody from the audience submits uh, in order to get played, um, and that's how you'd end the show. You know, and I always thought that was like a really cool thing. And uh, I have a friend, Gabe Patillo, who people might be familiar with. Uh, me and him hosted an episode of KFGD uh, back in like February, I want to say. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. Um, yeah. And Gabe Patillo, of course, of Married to the Games, he hit me up recently and was like, hey, so when I play certain games that I end up falling in love with, I end up making a song about them. And so he texted me. He was like, hey, do you want to like do a rap verse? On this song about Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake, and I was like, rapping about Final Fantasy VII remake, absolutely yes, I would love to. Do, I would love to do that. Uh, and so we we came together and we made a song. Um, and I brought it up to you. I was like, hey, it do you one? Do you want to bring back singing to Shuhei in any form? And two, do you want to kick it off with this song from me and Gabe? And you like you, I mean you're you're down for the idea. I think the, the thing that the thing that's interesting about singing to Shuhei is that like in this new iteration, it gets interesting to try and implement in each episode, which I don't think we uh, we want to do because at at this point it's like a lot of work. But as a thing to do every now and then, I think it could be like a, a totally. pretty cool idea. No, I, I mean you know the singing to Shuhei uh, the song at the end goes all the way back to Beyond, right? When when I was doing Beyond and the idea with why it worked on Beyond and why it worked on Volume One of PS I Love You, I thought was that. 
it's more work and it's out of the ordinary from everything we do. Because of course, ladies and gentlemen, we can't just play the song on the YouTube version because what if there's a copyright issue? What if that flags the show? What if that blocks the show in a different country? We can't, I don't want to be working with outside MP3s that we're not 100% sure about. Whereas yeah. on the MP3, we can put it on there and not worry. But when I edited Beyond and when I edited PS I Love You, that's just more work for me. I felt bad with this iteration of putting that all on Cool Greg, especially when we were spinning up a new show, especially when this is one of the few shows we do right now, right? Outside of the morning stuff, but afternoon shows that we record and then he has to edit. Like, I think it's important to remember, you know, people always want the show longer, even though we're consistently two hours more on the show. Uh, but keep in mind that that means Cool Greg has to stay up even later or at work later, working later. And so, yeah, I'm down to try it and let's feel it out. And again, you can start submitting at uh, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But yeah, as we ease into it, I don't know if it'll be something we do every week. But yeah, it's something yeah. Cool to do. And again, it'll be in the MP3 version, not the YouTube version, so on and so forth. Yeah, in the YouTube version, though, I'm going to see if we can have like if there's a YouTube video associated with it, oh, have sure. it in the description. Yeah. Uh, no, and so if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, then look in the description. There should be a link to the YouTube video of the song there. Cool. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, until next time unless you're an mp3 listener or you're going to listen to the post show it's been our pleasure to serve you uh blessing one more time who's playing us out uh this is avalanche by gay patillo featuring blessing adioye junior 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 cool you know how to go get some help for this one the nephew blessing junior what up let's get up running high when you hear we in your area Bury it with the clips, pee with the material. Shinra, no side, don't want no piece of us. Mako eyes, do or die, you know we bout to tear em up. Said it never come, but finally here, baby. Already know that it's my game of the year, baby. Walk to seventh heaven, pour another beer, baby. Knew everybody's name like it's cheers, baby. We got the squad, and you know we from the gutter, right? Some slum dog gillionaires who love to fight. We on the last call, this is the last dance. What's the name? What's the name, baby? Avalanche. Avalanche, and you know that I'm the Barrett man. Gun on the wrist, don't ask if I can lend a hand. I spit Aerith magic, and I'm on cloud nine. This game. Hit me up and it's about time Cause I'm like Tifa with the hands Never doubt mine Midgar South Side and I'm from Sector 5 Slum living, it's unwritten, it's dumb fiction From the mind of a genius, man, that's something different We got the squad and you know we from the gutter ride Some slum dog gillionaires who love to fight We on the last call, this is the last dance What's the name, what's the name, baby? Avalanche Avalanche, Avalanche You smoking if you think them jokers stand a chance Avalanche, avalanche, you better get the feds, call the ambulance. Bust the rhyme, bust the sword, man, it's all the same. Cause when it comes down to it, I'm trying to win the game. I'm trying to win this thing, I'm trying to live it, break. This separate ain't a problem, homie, this is fate. We got the squad and you know we from the gutter, right? Some slum dog gillionaires who want to fight. We on the last call, this is the last dance. What's the name, what's the name, baby? Avalanche. Kinda funny, yeah. Married to the games, what up?